There we go. Everything's audio and everything is hard and life is challenging. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the two perception war for the crown playthrough. So we're back still with our, I guess, normal level of technical issues and less <laughs> of the uh, more or less less, less of, of last the week weak dodging technical issues and more of just the regular everything's wrong. This is how we're going to do this now. Yeah, you just all have to infer what the GM is telling the party based on the party's reactions. That'd be an interesting <laughs> way to play Pathfinder. But no. We're all freaking That's... out on camera. Nobody knows what we rolled. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get us caught up here uh, before we head into our fourth session of Songbird Scion Saboteur. Uh, what was not last week, but the week before. And in fact, also the week before that... The party has been up in Marat County, central Taldor, farmlands. It's just an, a nearly empty countryside of just fields, farms, and forests, which would have been a way less exciting book title than Songbird Scion Saboteur, but it would follow a similar <laughs> alliteration pattern, so I feel like it could have worked, but I see why they didn't go with that. They're here. Good choice, marketing team. Good choice, marketing team. <laughs> They're here working for Lady Martella Lothied, still, as they have been for a while now. Uh, but now with something a little more subtle. They need to wrest control of the Palace of Birdsong, which you are, well, actually not at this exact moment in here in the outlying guest houses, but in which the Jubilee they're attending is being hosted from Martella's half-brother, the Count of Marat County, Bartleby Lothian. That's not a simple task because without the power of the crown, you can't really do anything. And regardless of what papers you present, Bartleby's not gonna just hand over the land he's been assigned stewardship of. You're gonna have to overthrow him and seeing as he has an army and you don't, that's going to take some time. So step one of that is getting in with the local aristocracy, the movers and shakers that there are out in Nowheresville, Marat. And to that end, we're trying to get along with all these strange farm traditions at their <laughs> yearly Tanager Jubilee. Started simple enough, a joust, some dancing, you know, regular things. Moved on to a bunch of halflings and dog chariots running around while you threw blinding powder at them so that yours could win. <laughs> Not even any money riding on it or anything, just for the fun of throwing blinding powder at halflings, I guess. And now, we found out the big hunt that encompasses the second day of the Jubilee. Of course, can't also just can't be straightforward. We're not hunting game. We're not out hunt here hunting deer or boar or anything like that, we are going to hunt some peasants. And we're good characters, right? We're, we're a good party. What are our alignments here? I'm neutral. <laughs> I think I'm chaotic good. I think Maybe. Some of you are in the neutral, but a lot of you are on the good side. And those of you who are in the neutral, I would imagine, have more good aligned leanings than evil I'm good I'm good and to that end you awaken the morning of the second day of the Tanner Jubilee 
bright and early this Sunday morning, 14th and Forest. They're really sticking to that learning the Galarian calendar thing I'm trying to do. Now, Nell, at the end of the last se uh, session, we discussed that you're waking up a bit fatigued. You did not sleep particularly well, did you? Not at all. Not even a little bit. And some of you had come up with some amount of plans to try to, you know, hunt a peasant without murdering a peasant. <laughs> or accidentally murdering a peasant. Because before we really get into, get into character and get going here, there is an ancient tale on this channel from the distant days of Murder's Mark many, many moons ago when a barbarian tried to non-lethally take down an angry peasant and that he is not alive anymore. <laughs> That's Turns out greatsword crits, whether non-lethal or not, do a lot. <laughs> yeah, and they will actually kill level one commoners. If you are a barbarian and you wind up as hard as you can and you hit a peasant in the head, regardless of whether you're using the sharp side or the flat side of your greatsword, that peasant is unlikely to survive. Yep. So learning, perhaps, from the distant lessons of our ancestors past we had some preparations so you wake up in the morning of the outlying guest cottages a uh, short carriage ride from the palace you have a few hours to prepare uh what do you guys want to do i assume that we have our standard wizard preparations for Baylor and nori but anyone else have anything they want to take care of how do you start your mornings in such a situation i believe Inori wanted to come to me Asking about some spells. Yeah, we were we we're going to learn me some web bolt, so we would both have it. Okay, so you want to copy a spell out of his spellbook? That's what you want to do? or Yeah, he has the materials he was going to loan me, too, so I could write it in mine. Oh, fantastic. So you guys, this is, this is wizard bonding. Yes. This is how this works. <laughs> you show each other your spellbooks, and you just have a good time. So... You meet up with Baylor before you prepare your spells. Uh, early before the dawn. Because breakfast at the palace is starting about an hour after sunrise. So you get up a little bit earlier. And you go to meet with Baylor, And he's even loaning you the magical writing supplies and inks and everything. How, what a nice somebody guy. didn't buy any. <laughs> what a nice guy. What nice. a nice gentleman. He's <laughs> just extending the, the hand of good faith there. He knows I'm good for it. Of course. Yep, yep. Pay it back. So, you have, uh, you have read magic, yes? Yeah. So, in order to learn this, uh, Web Bolt's what, a first level spell? Yes. So it's ten gold worth of materials. And it's gonna take you about an hour, uh, with his spell book in Ori for you to figure out this spell for yourself. And, uh, with the... I don't know if there's... I'm going to put this to you guys here in the party. Specifically you, Encyclopedia Man. Baylor, appropriately playing the <laughs> wizard who knows everything. Is there a written or like a rule bonus for literally having the owner of the spellbook there with you trying to help you learn to spell? I mean... That sounds like the most assist thing there is, isn't it? Because I was going to say, if nothing else, I'm at least going to let you assist this spellcraft check, but I was curious, if anyone was going to know it, it was going to be you, if there was an actual mechanic 
to how that was, but uh, we'll we'll just go with you can assist his spellcraft check to learn the spell. So, I mean, if I had so much time, would I even need to? Couldn't I just take what is it twenty to just take the time and do it right? You no, because this isn't. With trying to learn this, it is you trying to understand the specifics of the spell and trying to like like magical text and magical writing is incredibly complicated. Even a first level spell, even a cantrip, is almost unfathomably complicated to us. Uh, To the point where people who have not studied and learned enough to have literally gained a wizard level or a magist level or something to that extent, enough to give you an actual class level, could not possibly comprehend it even given infinite time. It's insanely complex. It's also more of a unique thing to the individual too because even if you know a spell and you have somebody else's spell book with that spell in it it's difficult for you to prepare the spell out of their book because you have to have uh every spell in your spell book and why you have your own spell book is because they do have to be personalized it has to be tailored to your own abilities your own magic your own source of power and you trying to adapt that is challenging, no matter how accomplished a wizard you are. And beyond that, if you fail to comprehend the spell, and if you fail to create a version that you can use, it takes you a week of to be able to even attempt it again. So it's not something you can take 20, or I don't even think you can take 10 on it, because uh, you there's a failure penalty. That makes sense. Can, can you not take 10? You maybe you maybe can take ten, but I don't know if Anori, I don't know what Anori spellcraft is. Uh, actually, I, you, there's I guess there's no time pressure, so you could take ten. There's there's no uh, you're not like in combat or pressed. So first off, Baylor, you are attempting to help Anori through this. So give me your spellcraft roll first to see if you can assist her in learning this web bolt. I mean, I don't think I need to roll it, but I'll go ahead and do it. This is a pretty sure. Oh well, there you go. Hey, you know. Now you're just showing off. Not exactly. Thalor this is what I do. Well and truly comprehends the concept of he the web. He comprehends. You just can't recognize stuff. So Inori, you make me a spellcraft check now. All right. With a plus two bonus, because Baylor is trying to help you understand this, and you trying to learn a first level spell. The complexity of this spell, and this is just something rules wise, is a DC sixteen. So if you just go ahead and roll higher than sixteen on the die outright, then you definitely don't have a problem. Yeah, and you have you have no issue at all. So it still takes you an hour to create and copy your own version of spell with Baylor's help, but you inscribe Web Bolt into your own spellbook. So now, when you sit down to prepare, I don't think that's the noise a spider makes. I think that's more of a snake. But uh, <laughs> when you sit down to prepare, and I assume now Baylor sits down to prepare his spells. You can prep web build if you want to. It's, it's totally uh, your accessibility. So after that, I imagine that's the next step. Baylor and Inori sit down for an hour to prep their spells. Uh, what about the other three of you? What do you do with your mornings before the pheasant hunt? The pheasant hunt. I still haven't figured out how to pronounce this properly. It's more of a written joke. It's a it's literary comedy. Pheasant. Pheasant. <laughs> um. I guess. Um. Kina would probably uh, be using her uh, 
mini sleeves or magical thing to find herself a, a, a very eye-catching hunting outfit. She's standing on in front of the mirror, trying on different outfits for this. You are, yeah, you are you are actually in the like the bathroom of the guest house, or uh, anywhere you can find a mirror, standing in front with your sleeves and mini garments, just oh, transforming your just, outfit, just thinking about you, what you want to wear. Poor Dara today. standing over there. She's like, "What about this? <laughs> what, about, what about this one? You're not. You do Definitely know you're not actually married, married but right? She's treating, <laughs> what do you think of this one? It's fine, darling. It's fine. <laughs> She's method acting. She's getting into the part. You don't Dara, know who's listening. Dara, Dara's know. not breaking character. Dara's not breaking character. He's sticking with this. You two are married. He's the supportive husband here. So you're sitting there with your sleeves and mini garments going through various hunting outfits, and Dara is, I guess, watching. Meanwhile, asking Dara, since Dara is a military man, uh, like the best methods that with our uh, collective, um, since I've not got done anything with the rest of the group what the best collective um attack plan of strategy would be in the woods since i've not seen anybody else fight well i think we'll have to analyze the situation as we go as i do not know the rules yet and i'm interested to see how they plan on protecting the peasants if they plan, if they, if they plan on, they. yeah, protect them at all, which but you look me. You look lovely, darling. Anything, <laughs> anything you choose is beautiful. Uh... <laughs> what about you, Nell? I don't know. From what I've gathered of uh, Nell's backstory and experience so far, I imagine sleeping until the last possible moment sounds like it's very possible. Did he, would he be or telling least... anybody before he just goes and does this? Well, yeah, because he would wake up and talk about the nightmare that he had and stuff and just like how he feels like just terrible. Something but... wakes up and tells you guys he had a bad dream. He had a bad dream, little boy. Yeah, but like to the point it's physically he like, didn't impairing well. him. Now, how much did you drink yesterday? You hung over. Three, maybe four cups of wine. No, just leave it there. How much did you drink yesterday? Three, <laughs> maybe four. Uh, four what? Yes. Kegs? Yeah, possibly. Casks? I, you, you can't turn a stalwart loose in a party with unbridled access to alcohol and expect <laughs> to have a good you. time the next morning. But after waking up, eating some food. He's gonna go on ahead and go do his thing and tell you guys that he will be possibly late to breakfast, but he will be there in time for the hunt. So, how are you planning on getting to town exactly? Because you I, don't have... I assumed we had carriages. You have a carriage that you took here that Lady Martella gave you. I don't believe you have any not. other horses. I mean, you could take a horse off of the carriage, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the rest of your party could walk up to the palace with one shoe on. How... How long is the trip from the house we're at to the main... To the main city? 
No, no, to the main. To the house, house. because don't they send us? Oh, 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 oh right. I see in the mean. carriage. Back oh, yeah. I guess, you, guest I guess you could. Uh, yeah, you could take over the carriage after everyone else gets dropped off at the party. That makes sense. Uh, the palace is is not far. The palace is maybe a half mile from the outlying guest house. It's probably okay. not even that. It is actually kind a decent distance. Like it, it's fairly far away. Uh, it's a quarter mile, half mile. And then Lothidar itself, the nearest town, is almost exactly three miles. <laughs> down the road from the Palace of Birdsong. I mean, so, he could take one of the real horses and I have a scroll of mount. <laughs> what that? You like, have a scroll of realistically. mount. Realistically. So, we could just walk. So you want to summon a phantasmal magic horse to pull the carriage so he can take an actual horse into town. It needs to be said at this point. We're supposed to be keeping a low profile here. I don't know if anybody. <laughs> no, we're not. We're supposed to be going off and getting but people like phantasmal horses and such. Come well, on. it's not like a visibly phantasmal horse. When you cast mount, it just summons a horse. It's like summon creature, but it's specifically for a horse, and the duration is way longer. So it's a phantasmal horse in that he is summoning it via magic, but it's not like a spectral laser horse. It's just a regular <laughs> horse. That I is going to poop out of existence like in a, a couple horse. hours. Yeah, so probably the best thing to do would just be to take the carriage, go to breakfast, and then while you guys are all hanging out and doing your stuff, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee, and I'm going to go pick up a bow and some arrows. Yeah, and he can just take the carriage from the palace back to Lothidar, and then he can get dropped back off here at the end of breakfast and meet up in time for the hunt. That'll work. That sounds like a plan. That's a reasonable, uh, reasonable idea. So with that, with the uh, spells prepared and the plans laid, the five of you get into the carriage to head back once more to the Palace of Birdsong. And uh, when you arrive here, you can see this morning, nearly everybody is arranged out on the front lawn where breakfast is happening. Uh, everyone from yesterday, more or less, seems to be here. Although the crowd does seem to be a tiny bit smaller, it doesn't seem that quite everyone was able to stay for the second day of the Jubilee. But you arrive much to the same fanfare and festivities that you had in the first place. Uh, pulling up to a big show of the county guards and soldiers lined up around outside both ends of the front of the palace. And again, just the flocks of wild peacocks strutting all around the so-called Palace of Birdsong. And with this uh, breakfast being housed out in the front yard, many of the guests entertaining themselves, uh, throwing little pieces of bread or fish out to the birds as they approach. And as you ride up, and I guess I'll take Nell out of this for a moment because Nell is going into town, but the rest of you are still here. As you ride up, everyone seems to mostly be around this front central fountain. And Baron O'Kara, uh, recognizing a carriage from the previous day, turns and uh, raises a hand and smiles and steps over to approach as the four of you disembark. And Nell continues on his way into Lothidar. And I'll, I'll deal with you in a minute. Now we'll, we'll get over that. Uh, you just actually we can, we can do you right now because you're literally just gonna go buy like a like crossbow and blunt and bolts, right? I'm gonna go buy a plus three composite bow and uh, forty arrows. 20 normal, 20 blunt. Okay. We talked about this. A composite plus three bow. A plus three composite bow is a very different thing 
that is much more money than I believe you currently own. Yeah, yes. on, strength on the stat sheet for weapons, it's it's shown as composite plus three. Yeah, yeah, composite plus three. Plus three composite is like a third level enchantment. Okay, like yeah, I'm going to go buy a composite yeah, you, plus you, three bow. I've already factored you want in a, all the money. You want a plus three strength rating composite bow is, is also acceptable. And uh, so that's that's easy enough. Lothidar is not a large town, but it is big enough. It wouldn't be hard, especially out in a farm. It's not hard for you to find hunting equipment yeah. and bows and arrows. So uh, if you want to, you'll be absent for breakfast with the ride there and back in the shopping, but you can just add the composite short bow and however many of the one-hidden standard arrows you want to your sheet and just take it out of your gold. Because Already there's... Did. Yeah, it's... it's That'll be a simple enough task. Save us some time. The rest of you, Baron Kara approaches and uh, raises a hand. And as the four of you disembark to meet him, he reaches his hand out first towards Inori. While he addresses the rest of the party. I wanted to congratulate you again, Lady Lothied, on the showing yesterday. It was fantastic work, but I have to wonder if you downsold yourself. Did you come in here all modest and ladylike, trying to act like you've never held a lance or ridden a sport horse before just to make this kind of an upset, or is that truly just the most miraculous display of beginner's luck I believe I've ever seen in all my years? <laughs> like Baron, I can't share all my secrets. Come on. <laughs> of course. Of course. It's a pleasure to meet all of you here again. Uh, I was thinking... After we all retired and retreated from the palace last night. Uh, Sir Rostam, you're the new Betney heir, correct? You're inheriting everything from uh, Lady Alice. Uh, yes, that is correct. Uh, that makes you the Tribunes of Stockings, which, of course, I, I understood, but I hadn't really put any proper thought into. I talked to you and Sir Landis a good deal back at the Exaltation Gala, and now getting to meet the group of you again here. You, you seem the right sort of people, and the Betany Estate and Stockies is right outside of my barony, actually. About as close to neighbors as we can get here. I figured it'd make sense for me to help you out. I don't know if you've had a lot of an opportunity to look through Stockies as of yet, but it's... Well, it's most certainly seen better days. I don't know how much of a hands-on approach to running the place you were really looking to take, but if you wanted assistance, I've got several teams of skilled craftsmen and lumberjacks and all sorts up in Pensaris. And I was thinking I could send a team of them and supply some supplies down to Stockies here in a week or two to help you guys get the place fixed up if you wanted. Uh, that would be most appreciated. We have not been to Stockies yet, but so far I get the idea that it's going to need quite a bit of work, and any help that you can supply is going to really be appreciated. Oh, it's just a neighborly welcome to the to new neighbors. That's the least I can do. Consider it showing you around. Uh, maybe a supplementary victory prize for the jazz showing yesterday. <laughs> Anyway, 
I'm glad the, uh, I look forward to seeing what you guys can do with the area. Stockus is in a good place. It, it's right on the road, the main highway coming out for Opara. It should, and certainly well could be, a thriving trade hub. And it, it's been a shame to see all that potential squandered recently. But anyway, breakfast awaits. You been looking forward to today's hunts? And with that, he turns and starts walking back over towards the fountain, assuming that you guys will follow with him and talk. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I know Baylor was talking about it last night. He's really excited for this. <laughs> I'm just oh, yeah, interested to see the traditions. Seems exactly the sort who's up for hours out in the back of the woods tracking <laughs> quarry. It seems exactly what Sir Landless is into. <laughs> and exactly. a whole lot of libraries out there. No, I've, uh, the fact that all of you made it out after the exaltation day, uh, what is it, the massacre, they're calling it, whatever unsubtle and frankly kind of rude moniker they've attached to the thing. I feel like you're more than capable, all, the whole group of you. And besides, it's friendly competition. The whole reason we're hunting after the local peasants is the local boars or elk is for safety. Making sure this day doesn't get ruined by someone getting hurt unnecessarily. I'm really sad I'm not there to open my mouth at this part. <laughs> Nobody else does either, apparently, because it's just silence. I'm, I'm just looking forward to being able to look through this beautiful countryside and to take in our uh, surroundings and our new home. And he nods as you, the group of you follow him back over towards the fountain. And as you get there, he turns and motions first to Tribune Piscum, who you'd met yesterday, and to Lady Martha, and he would very briefly, one of you had spoken with very briefly yesterday. Uh, I don't, who was it that talked to Martha? Someone did a little bit. Like, only one of you had reached out to her once. Who talked to her? That's the lady with the scar, right? No, that no, is that's the Baroness, Baroness over here. Baroness. Lady Martha doesn't. Because I'm not there. Oh, okay, yeah, lady. Oh, yeah, I guess. Oh, I, I tried to talk to her and she shut me down. That was. Did she? Uh, that was the Baroness. The, no, that's Baroness. Never you mind. guys are both. No, not the, the Baroness. It is not, not the Baroness. Marthane. It's, um. Who talked to her? Apparently, it was a very not noteworthy yeah. conversation yeah, because no. whoever talked to her doesn't even remember talking to her. <laughs> so it must not have been terribly successful, I imagine. Let me look. Yeah, she's not influenced or anything, but uh, <laughs> oh, so he motions first to Tribune Piscum and to Lady Marthane, and he says, "I uh, hope you'd have the pleasure of meeting Honorary Tribune Piscum, and this is Lady Marthane at some point during the affairs yesterday. Uh, Piscum's what he'd been taken over from. I, I know I introduced a couple of you briefly yesterday, but." I pitched my idea for sending down the craftsmen and the work teams to her, and she thought it'd be a lot of help for the town. Yes, we we spoke to her yesterday, and I really hope that we can work together on this and build build something build something together. So at that, uh, Count Lothied bangs a little handheld gong that rings out through the garden here, there, just to get everyone's attention. And as everyone turns and looks, 
he announces the uh, uh, behind him a team of servants bring out a large, like sp several spit roasts, uh, like rotisserie, tiny. What are they called? I guess just spit roasts. I guess that's that's what mm -hmm. they're they're called. Uh, an array of them and lines them up around the north end of the fountain, and behind that comes a massive metal bowl. Uh, about a foot and a half, like a trough, almost, full of water that appears to be writhing and just jiggling erratically. And come, Lothian speaks up. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the second day of our festivities. Let us continue the tradition with our pre-hunt breakfasts. Now, before any of our teams who are striking out today can make their name hunting bigger game. First, you prove yourselves here, hunting this feast. And there's a uh, small polite chuckle kind of through the group. And up front, Titus, next to him, steps up without prompting or anything immediately and picks up a small, about three foot long, what appears to be a tiny harpoon. About three feet of a decently sized harpoon. And then watches the bowl for a second and jabs it in and then does it another couple times real quick before he draws it out with a, a wiggling eel still speared on the end of it and as he pulls this out the crowd cheers uh, just a cheer racks through and immediately the servants move to take the harpoon split the eel and uh, roast it on the spit and this seems to be the process everyone goes through one at a time uh, for I mean it's just whatever you want, one eel, or however hungry you feel like you're going to be for this hunt, you spear your own eels out of this giant pot, right, and the servants take it from you, roast on the spit, and that's your morning meal. Of course, there is still a table with sides of uh, vegetables and breads and cheeses and the ever-present access to wine and drink, but it's a simple enough task. It is quite literally fish in a barrel. This doesn't even require a skill check or anything. There are so many eels in the pot that if you walk up and take a harpoon and just kind of jab it in the direction of the water, you will end up with something on the end of your harpoon. Easier <laughs> to hit an eel than not hit an eel. Yeah, pretty much. There's, there is technically it is a bucket of eels, and also there is some water in it. Like you can't, you can't not <laughs> succeed at this. So, what, what do eels count as? Just seafood? Because unagi. I mean, I think eels are categorically seafood, yeah, boy. But they're just like, they're super meaty. Are, are fish not? Not really. Depends on the fish. What is your definition of super meaty? What like, do you, what when, do you, what do you, you mean by an meaty? Eel, it, it has a lot of, of sustenance to it. It's not like how fish are 30, 40% bone. Okay, I see, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Because they are just giant noodle tubes of meat. It's like a sausage, but it's alive. Exactly. <laughs> They're sea sausages. So while this is <laughs> sea sausages, sea sausages, I like it. Somebody quote that, please. Uh, sea sausages are like sea All right. sausages. So, so Somebody, I, please go put that up on squids. As you all, whatever, whatever amount of sea sausages that you wish to have for your morning meal and uh, breads and whatnot. The servants split it open, and there are small arrays of, uh, of tables that are being brought out. Much smaller and more uh, intimate than the large, huge feasting hall that you'd had yesterday in the ballroom. There's just much smaller tables with 
loop some stools around them just so they didn't pairs or threes maybe. Uh, they take the eel, throw it on one of the mini spits, uh, mini tiny spits, take it over towards the table, split it down the belly, uh, roast it, and then finish it off by just searing the split part. Uh, leaving the head intact on the end with the mouth still open and gaping, and mostly still raw as they just place it down the plate. So, depending on your upbringing, I suppose, that could be more or less unsettling. But, the point of all this is that it's a fairly simple and straightforward affair. And while you're getting whatever amount of food you want preparing yourself for the afternoon, we have a couple of social rounds. And you guys have more opportunity to try and make some influence here. So, to get us some order, why don't you guys roll me out some of that initiative? Just so we got a table to run through. Would you mind dragging me back just so I'm not looking at a gray screen? Okay, you can sit in the corner. You, sit, like... you sit in that corner. Think about what you did. Exactly. <laughs> like... Sea sausages, that's what I did. Sea sausages, that is exactly what you did. Just sit right over here. It's a good thing that Nell isn't here business. because I feel like this would be a terrible breakfast after hangover. <laughs> I'm trying to spare live eels and then... Yeah, but I would... Now, Daru would think he would be hungover, and I feel like that. I'd be like, yeah, it's, it's a good thing he went to town. <laughs> I mean, I would just imagine if someone drinks fairly consistently, then a, a regular That's amount true. of alcohol wouldn't give you a hangover. It could. But, I mean, but I'm not you a appear to be fatigued and have not slept well and just are all sorts of not right so i mean you can think that but the evidence states otherwise my yeah. friend we well, don't I mean, know I'm how well you hold your liquor we just exactly. know how well that's you true drink we it. all just <laughs> met you We've all, they've only like the first only known each other for what what like two weeks at this point <laughs> last of your kahina all right speaking of kahina who do you want to speak with uh, again everyone just kind of um. building around a lot of people aren't even sitting they're just taking their plates with them and floating through various conversations so everybody including the count himself is more than available here um <coughs> as i'm choking to death um let's go for the count haven't said much to the count. <clears throat> up and over, directly into Count Bartleby Lothian himself. As he is up at the head here, I would imagine, with Titus and the Baroness. <clears throat> you speak, uh, you approach to speak to him, and is there anything in particular that you want to point out, or do you just want to take some dice and deposit them in the direction of Count Lothian? Um, I think, uh, Kahina would just walk back up and she'd be like, Count, Count Lothi, I just want to thank you again for your hospitality, for for take for like for letting us come and spend this glorious festival. Uh, you've taught us so many new things and so many new traditions that we're looking forward to celebrating year after year. What did you decide on wearing, by the way? Um, she's probably going to just like a like a a hunting outfit. Uh, probably trimmed in like greens and reds, like shellen colors. That's what red, green, wondering. gold. Uh, not overtly shellen, but you know, yeah, something very fashionable, like yeah, but made so that you can move around in it and yeah, hunt. something fashionable, workable because you're right because you're going to be riding a horse and and or running and 
jumping and climbing trees, whatever. So Cat Lothied would nod and smile. Uh, yes, of course, we're more than happy to host. It was a perfect time for you and your husband to inherit the Betney estate and take over for things. Uh, of course, for the good of stockies and trade routes and all that, but more so that it allows you to visit just in time for our Tanager Jubilee. And it's not terribly often we have, I presume, Shelanites among our number. Do I, I was very fortunate that my parents allowed me the freedom to, uh, to find what I most enjoyed and, um, and the, the, the arts really spoke to me. So, uh, in my followings of Shellen, I have, uh, become a bit of a performer and I look forward to bringing some of that fine arts culture with me. Uh, out and sharing it with everybody in stockies. And you see Titus is kind of right behind him, kind of raise an eyebrow and just <laughs> snort a little bit while he just goes back to eating. Not anything immediately uh, massively overt, but definitely noticeable. And uh, Lothian completely ignore him. Not acknowledge <laughs> it whatsoever. And replied to you, yes, it's Always interested me, I, I must admit. Of, of course, my family, as many in the area, have always been patrons of Abadar. Uh, it helps, of course, that they have the large church in, in Lothidar. It's just been one of the centers of worship for the whole of Marat County. That's a proper Talden thing, I assume, but I mean that as no slight, really. Uh, I've always seen the art, as it is, of practicing magic and spellcraft to be its own thing. An act of beauty in and of itself, and things that are possible with magic. What you can do beyond just the practical and the nearly mundane has been very appealing to me. I, I must say, if there were any one other god whose siren song I considered I may one day hear, it would most certainly be that of Shellens. Now, I haven't heard much of your tale. Beyond, of course, that you are Sir Rostam's wife. So tell me, what is it that brings you, well, the two of you together and now to Marat? That seems quite a journey. And for that, if you want to roll a discovery check for whatever you guys talk about for the next 15 minutes. Uh, discovery or influence. Uh, let's do... What do we have on him? Do we have anything? I don't know who. I think you Love might... or Knowledge Arcana. Yeah, yeah. Or okay. Because I just started throwing Knowledge Arcana at him because yeah, you it was did. the most obvious thing. <laughs> work. He likes magic, so hey. Mm -hmm. I know magic. I really know magic. You really, really know magic. Well, I guess I could. I mean, I. I guess I could spin him a beautiful tale with a, with a good bluff check, couldn't I? Uh, yeah. If you, you want to do a bluff, and I mean, that that actually fits because he's asking about your background, and you are mm -hmm. certainly not telling him your certainly actual background. Certainly not telling him my real so. background. <laughs> no, a, a bluff check is perfectly fitting for this. A beautiful love story of how me and... <laughs> I'm, writing, I'm writing the slash fic as I go here, guys. Oh my gosh. It's just, uh, it's just it's on ending. Okay. All right. Where's my, where's my sheet? There it is. Where's my bluff? There's my bluff. So what are you, uh, you, you're basically, you're telling him just your backstory. Yeah, the backstory, without... my parents, merchants, my, you know, and 
you know, Shellen, uh, love of the arts and Shellen, and and then kind of falling in with uh, meeting uh, Dara, seeing his poster, uh, his uh, his, his military yeah, posters his about posters. meeting him in uh, in the capital, and uh, just you know falling madly in love with him. You go on with this tale, and though of this little group you have assembled here, neither Titus nor Baroness Voinum seem terribly interested, Kalothi uh, <coughs> actually does. Though he is... Well, he has seemed so far kind of like high and mighty and above everyone. You get the feeling that it's not out of any sort of disdain for any of you or any real massive opinion of himself necessarily so much that running the Tanager Jubilee and managing all these people is actually a huge workload. And here at breakfast one of the few times with the hunt upcoming which doesn't require a whole lot of input on his part not anything that's not already prepared he actually has a chance to relax and talk with his new acquaintances, his mm. new members of the aristocracy here and he is genuinely interested in your story. And Baroness Voinum, though she may not care so much, is polite enough and understands etiquette enough to <clears throat> show some interest. And Titus is also there. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Titus is, that is a thing. His kind of default state of being also Titus there. It's just also there, exactly. Uh, all right. I just Dara. want to thank Kahina for being the first person to go and talk. <laughs> To Bartleby, and I feel like I don't have to go do damage control immediately afterward. You know, I take exception to that. Really do. do you? Do you? Do you know? I do. The first person other than himself to walk up to Count Lothied and not make a complete and wholesale ass of themselves immediately. Dara. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to um, Honorary Tribune Honora. Okay. And we're going to talk uh, about the upcoming hunt and like wilderness type stuff. Wilderness um, type stuff. Going through like going through the outdoors and whatnot hunting, you know. Go, and I'm the going outdoors to... and whatnot, comma hunting. Sounds hunting. good to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm very good at talking hunting. That's, like, um, that's what the that's what the roles are for. Exactly. Dara is very good at talking. Dara's good at talking. Exactly. Even and that's if you all that not, matters. Aren't necessarily <laughs> fantastic. So you walk up and uh, I'm assuming it's a survival survival check is what you're gonna do. Yeah. Okay. Before we do that, before you roll that real quick, you walk up and talk to her some, and you try to uh, start the conversation about the the upcoming hunt. And as you do. She nods and replies to you, Well, I, I've been thinking about that. We, I know we spoke about this real briefly yesterday, and uh, I'll be quite honest, I don't feel like I've given you and your group a fair shot. I was rather crass and blunt last uh, yesterday afternoon, and these, these whole kind of noble affairs, i got to admit, are not really my strong suit. I want to explain myself. And, uh, she turns and, uh, with a nod to Baron O'Kara, disengages herself from that conversation. 
and the two, uh, and she puts her arm around your shoulder, like physically around your shoulder, and steers the two of you out away from this conversation, and like 10 or 15 feet back down the drive, uh, just a good distance away. Says, listen, I don't want to give you guys a wrong impression here. I may have seemed over-eager yesterday about, uh, you're from a park, right? You're, you're city folk from down the coast, from the ports. I know what we do out here probably doesn't seem normal. And I don't want you thinking that I don't care about my people or Marat's people. I know the concept of hunting other living, breathing human beings, or the common folk of this county, might not exactly sit right with you. And I don't want you to think I wouldn't be bothered either. So let me explain. These aren't just common folk. We're not just hunting peasants off the street or anyone that the Count decided to pick up with whatever power he thinks he wields over this county. These are criminals. These are people who are worth nothing to the commonplace, worth nothing in their towns. And in exchange for a shot at a second chance, are being brought out here. Them, maybe I don't care so much about. The common folk who I, and I'm hoping you now, as the new Tribune, are living your life for. I'm very glad that you pulled me aside. It really puts my heart to ease to know that we will be able to move forward in a new light and really get things done in a better, under better circumstances and a better attitude. I'm very glad that you pulled me aside. I just wanted to set things straight. I don't want any hint of you or any of your group here that's going to be running stockies now. My home, thinking its people don't matter like the rest of this noble blood up here. Well, enough. I, I totally understand. Enough of this. I think we should move forward and face the day with a new light of hope and go, go onward with our... New sense. <laughs> I appreciate you trying. And she says, "This is okay. so many okay. profound things." You're, you're like, doing it. So uh, I think it's time for me to roll a die and get I this. Like, I feel like I should roll that. If you want to go check. ahead and roll that survival check, go for it. So, uh, chat, those of you watching, we'll peek behind here. Uh, as I've mentioned on various occasions, here we've got a. A group that is very diverse in amount of Pathfinder and tabletop experience as a whole. And this adventure in War for the Crown, and even further, this adventure in Songbird, Sion, Saboteur, is the first that Dara, that Brimbob over here, has ever played of a tabletop game. So, we're... I, I like that we have a learning experience going here. So those of you watching who maybe haven't played 10 years of Pathfinder or who aren't crazy familiar with tabletops or possibly even just curious about it can have somebody who's learning with you. So it's great. This is fantastic. I'm super glad we have you in the group, honestly. And you're doing good. You're doing super good. We'll go ahead and roll me that survival check. Uh, also, before we run the survival check, I wanna I wanna say that we'll we'll be off like a herd of turtles, because this is my southern saying. And 
Phil just kind of raised an eyebrow at that. It's like, I don't, I don't think turtles are very fast. Yes, that is. <laughs> I, I just want to point out that what she said actually made Shinyu get up and walk away. <laughs> Shinyu was like, I so need a beer after that. <laughs> oh, roll your survival check. You okay, Shinyu? Are you okay? Huh, I needed to walk that one off, guys. <laughs> Ooh. 18. <laughs> let me see, oh, I guess. Let me see. Let me see. Alrighty. <laughs> and with that, with her kind of explaining the situation, and apologizing, as the case may be. And you taking that time to talk to her and her opening up to some extent, brushing off her initial assumption that you were just the same as all the rest of the nobles out in Marat. You get the feeling she's pretty sincere. She is, in fact, warming up to you guys. And though she may have immediately written you off just by merit of how you were introduced to her in the area, she is really warming up to your group and you personally since the way we're presenting this is that you yourself are the tribune of stockies the actual heir of Al lady alice bentney she's starting to like you guys she's feeling like she's a little more friendly than hypothetically neutral so inori i mean how do i follow that i don't even Right? I know. I, I should just skip. But <laughs> pass. I'm just going to take a hard pass. Uh, Stuff my face with more eel over in the corner. <laughs> oh, God, the eel. Hmm. So, like, during this whole thing, Nori's just sitting there drinking, watching everybody. Just if she just staring at, right now at, at uh, Baroness Moynum over there on the other side. Just, just can't. She can't let it go. She puts her drink down, and she's going to go and try to talk to this lady again. <laughs> oh, baby. Am and, I right in assuming that so is Baylor based on the position of where you put Baylor? Yeah, I... Baylor's aware. He he thought he had a good read on her yesterday, and then said some stuff that she very clearly did not like. He was so going to kind of try it a, again to see if he could figure out shot. what he should be doing. So... Uh, I'm going to bring this up because, again, I'm not above admitting that I have messed up roles in the past. Uh, two people in the same social round actually cannot influence the same NPC. Uh, because what the influence check really represents is your time spending that whole window of time, which in this case is like 15 or 20 minutes, trying to build common ground with them. And you can't really do that. If another person is also trying to do that. Well, you can, but one, it's an assist rather than it is One, one would be an assist, exactly. right? At exactly. The, okay. And uh, oh, I yeah, didn't realize that, so I've been messing that up because I didn't tell that to you guys. Because, again, this is also a system that is real new to me because we this, we hadn't used any of the Ultimate Intrigue stuff prior to War for the Crown. Uh, so if you both want to attempt to influence Baroness Voynum, you can, but one of you is going to be assisting the other. Uh, you There's do that. not have to use the same skills for this. The way I'm going to do it is you can both roll your independent skills and we'll take whichever one is higher. And if the other one is at least a 10, we'll add two to that. 
uh, because you two can definitely support and play off each other. And that can make you much more effective, and in a lot of ways, that can be better than two separate checks. Depending on how it goes. So if you both want to try to influence her, I will let you both roll it, and we'll go from there. What if one was like to do a, a discovery check or something that instead of- That you can do. You can't have one person okay. influence and one person discover. You can't do Because I, I was going to try for another discovery. Oh, okay. That's fine. I just, I, I was just figuring I would lay that out before we proceeded with this. Did you both want to do discoveries then? No, I was going to try to just raw influence because that's kind of the way Norig is. Just, just going to keep Get doing it until something works. Yeah. Go Keep for pounding. It. Just right. go for it. So, I mean, All if right. he's going for a discovery, I know this might be meta, but he could so, go first. No, I would definitely have him go first. Because the, these rounds are not six-second combat rounds. This is one full 15-minute window. And if you also, both technically, I think I am before you. What's your, oh, yeah, I keep thinking because my brain thinks magic equals dex, and even yeah. after however much Anori has been around, I still think of Anori as a dex character. I'm positive you're right. Anori literally has 10 dex. And not that this initiative actually means anything, other than it just gives me... Yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't in. say anything before. But yeah, you do your discovery check first. So, yeah. knowledge, ability, or sense Knowledge, nobility. I've got your wizard, obviously, knowledge, nobility. Aw, oh, almost a 17. Okay, so with an 18, she may actually not give you anything on an 18. She actually does not. You don't learn anything about her. Uh, I mean, Baroness Voinum is... It, it's, again, I, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but I also can't really overstate this, because it could be hard to separate you not succeeding on face rolls and the NPC. It's not that they don't like you. It's just that, here we go. Baroness Voinum is very much a politician. She's a Baroness. Yeah. She is an absolute master at the craft of talking around questions or saying a whole lot of words without actually really telling you anything, especially about herself. And it's just really, really hard to learn anything about her. So Nori, you wanted to try to influence her. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm basically just gonna do the dice thing, but at, at, I mean, her strategy is to get her to kind of, I mean, try to play on uh, the Baroness's, um, her level, like let her do the, her, what she wants to talk about kind of deal and just sort of try, like make it obvious that Nori's making an effort to try and just discuss maybe politics or the area or whatever. But just... you're trying to like you're trying to reach out. Basically. Yeah, essentially. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna try to do. I see one of them says diplomacy for influence. I'm gonna try that one for this combo. Yeah, I know. I know. Go big, okay. go home. I believe in you. That's not big. It was. It was on an 18. All right, so. You, as you talk with Lady Voidum, you, well, maybe <laughs> didn't take the best approach there. You, uh, well, I, Squidish, the GM, understand the idea behind what you're doing, and perhaps so does even Baroness Voidum. You try to extend the olive branch 
of uh, talking about politics and policy and things that she would be interested in or things that she seems like she would care about. And she just all but physically slaps it out of your hand and kind of leads you. I'm like, oh, really? You're, you're interested in this? Well, tell me your opinions on this and such and such and then policy. And this is uh, being passed and just things that you've not heard of at all. And uh, just making it very clear to herself and to you and to everyone else in the general vicinity that you are doing just that. You're just trying to reach out to make a friend. And Baroness Voinum is old and over this, and she is not interested in having friends. She doesn't get angry. She doesn't, like, again, doesn't dislike you. But at the end of this, you can't help but feel a bit embarrassed. And, like, she really has no interest in you whatsoever, and perhaps really no respect. You're oh, sugarcoat it now. Oh, I don't want you to sugarcoat this. You actually can no longer influence Baroness Void with anything for the rest of the day. <laughs> she just flat out does not have enough respect for Inori for you to have any chance to influence her. Uh, this is just Inori. She hasn't cut this off for everyone, but Inori can no longer make roles of Baroness Void for the Jubilee. It's over. She doesn't want to well, At least I'm continuing the theme, right? <laughs> So. Just go talk to Titus. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you'd remembered two weeks ago, I got like a 25 on her or something and failed. I was expecting a big roll. I felt I felt a big dice. It was coming. a big roll. I was really like five. Man. You actually do have a much better diplomacy modifier than I expected you to. But yeah, uh, just trying to small talk Baroness Voinum. What's the definition of insanity, Samuel? Hey, to be fair, I walked right up to her face and tried to intimidate her, and I didn't work. That is a dumb idea. <laughs> well, he but actually failed less than yeah. That he is actually the only one who has successfully passed an influence check on Wayneum so far. So. You just gotta walk up and be confident and she tell her she I got your number. Yeah, like she's not intimidated, but she appreciated his confidence. Like, see, that's the only one you guys have on the board for Baroness Voiner right like, now. She's like, you're cute. It's no walking yeah. up and making an intimidate check, so. I mean, to uh, be fair, at the end of it, I was like, you know what? I like you. To be fair, shut up. You're in town buying a crossbow or whatever. Kahina, what do you want to do? <laughs> um, um, by now, everyone has breakfast, and a lot of people are beyond breakfast. You notice that a lot of the group assembled here are eating rather light. And that people are more armed than they were previously. Again, it's not uncommon. In fact, it would be kind of weird in Taldor. Not weird, but it'd be more uncommon in Taldor for men to not bear a weapon at noble gatherings such as this. But everybody is armed now. And beyond that, most people are wearing some amount of armor. Be it chain shirts or leather armor, or even in a few places, uh, a few cases, full breastplates. Like the uh, sergeant at arms that you jousted against the day prior has a suit of a gleaming full plate on that she apparently intends to go hunting in. We don't know if her definition of hunting involves jousting a dog or a pig, but <laughs> she's she is whatever she's doing, she is doing it to the fullest. Um, what do you want to do with Let's see. We, I mean, uh, we we were having a good conversation with Bartleby. We can, yeah, you can continue keep, you can keep that. Going. If you want to just continue on that and make another influence check against uh, Cal yeah. Bartleby here, you absolutely can. Yeah. Uh, so she would probably, you know, she's talked her a bit about how her and Dara got together. So so now she's like 
Well, tell me. I'm I'm interested to know. I don't know much about it. Tell me about this lovely palace and your and your family. And you you have a lot of pride in this, and it seems like it's been in your family for a very long time. And I'm just I, I'm just I just and this beautiful area all together. She just kind of wants to know about the lay of the land, and you know, tell me about you know things like things. she she wants to show that she has an a real vested interest in being here now. Like she wants to show that she's, she really wants to know about her new neighbors who are obviously going to be, you know, her new aristocratic friends. So she, she's just trying to get to know everybody. And if so. there is a thing that Count Bartleby enjoys talking about that yeah, isn't magic, it's himself, it's himself his, magic. his holdings and his county. So he is more than happy to open up and tell you all about, uh, he has been the Count of Marat for the better part of his adult life and ever since the Duke uh, left the area to go off uh, for his own studies abroad he hasn't heard from him in quite some time uh, he has pretty much been in full control here and he's built Lothidar up from the ground as he says it into some bustling hub of trade he rode through it it's not great it's okay at best Nell's there <laughs> right now it's okay at best but he is more than happy for this conversation what do you want to roll? Is that just diplomacy? Um, or? she is going to roll. What's a good thing to roll? She doesn't have the knowledge arcana. She doesn't really. I mean, you she can, can just keep doing bluff. Like there's. I could do the bluff. Okay. There is in so, the social in the social influence system. There is no. It's not like verbal duels. There's mm -hmm. no downside to just using the same skill. You can okay. just no diminishing return. Yeah, the no only downside return. is if you roll really badly and you get locked out of using you, that skill against yeah, that Yeah, like a Nori has. But if every... that doesn't happen, you can literally just keep using love checks or whatever their sorry whatever sorry. skill okay. is good for getting along with them. Okay, so yeah, she'll and you know she could even be like when he's talking about bluff. trade. You're feigning interest. This is bluffing. <laughs> You're pretending you care. I care. <laughs> I do. I care. I care so much about what you have to say. All right. Roll, Roll that dice. That show how much you care. How much do you? Ooh. I don't care. Oh, this so... is. I knew it was gonna happen. That's weird because it rolled twice on my on my screen. It rolled <laughs> seven it ones and one. one. Yeah. So so. Oh. Yeah. So that thing about you can roll. You can keep using bluff until such time as when you lock yourself out of bluff. Which this I is just that did. Time. You talk with him, and he's interested at first, but much to Titus's entertainment, even you, a trained bard, can only truly pretend to care for so long <laughs> before oh. it starts to uh, become not really obvious, but they get the feeling that you're not as invested as you pretend to be. And to some level, this is what it is. Fronting mm -hmm. for an end with the Count. And though he is still more than happy to, again, detail the story of how he is building Marat up from the dirt and mud of the peasantry, as he will regale anyone with this tale, he feels like you're not as interested as you let on. And he doesn't really oh. want to play the pretend game anymore, and you can't use bluff on Count Lothied for the rest of the journey. Oh, well, that was my, so my now, bet. You have joined the club. Welcome I have. I've joined. I am the one, Shinmir. You thought you could take it from me? No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, she did. Get, you rolled bad, but that's the one. It's, 
She <laughs> is the one. I am the one. Oh. Dara. Okay. I've got it this time, people. Don't worry. Okay. We so I'm going to go. This isn't concerning at all. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to go still talk to Honorary Tribune. Okay. And this time I'm going to be like, okay. Uh, I only I only get to go hunting once in a blue moon, and I don't know if this is barking up the wrong tree, but I'm not going to beat around the bush. So I'll just ask you, what are some good tips for hunting and stalking? Well, it's it's interesting because you gotta <laughs> approach this a, a little bit differently from your standard hunt. Because I, I can tell you all day about hunting boars in the forest for hours on end, but. That's not what we're after today. You're going to be hunting man. And you're going to be hunting a man who definitely is promised leniency on their sentencing if they can successfully elude you. And man, regardless of their past or their intent, is a much smarter beast than the boar. And she'll go into how, while the skill of tracking and trying to follow is uh, still of all importance, the difficulty is actually capturing the beast itself, as sometimes a criminal can fight more viciously than any boar. And is this survival again that we're working towards? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Survival check and see if you can get on well with the Honorary Tribune. Pretty good! Uh, 23, I believe is in fact a double success mm-hmm. with her. So you get a discovery check and she is, again, more than interested in this. You've been doing great with Piscom so far. She is more than interested. And not only is she definitely enjoying the conversation, you're definitely make, you are making friends here. You get a discovery check with her as well as she just kind of opens up to you. You want to learn another influence skill? Do you know her strengths and weaknesses? You want to learn one of them? Do you know the weakness? Um, Oh, yeah, the metaphors. I think you know her strength and her weakness, actually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it would just be another uh, influence. She has another weakness. Oh. So I can give Um, you that or an influence. I'll do you. Probably just an influence check. Okay, what do you know? What do you have for her? Um, Let's see. Knowledge, local, and survival. Yeah. Oh, you've only have two. One, mm-hmm. two. Three, I mean, we've four. only needed one. Yeah, so that's have... you got. You got the two, like two really good ones. All right, so she uh, has okay. six more. So I'm just gonna roll me a d6 here. Number six. So being, yeah. you know, kind of a very traditional country girl who's just kind of had the honorary tribune role foisted upon her and doesn't really want it. Uh, this is kind of similar ties into her weakness. But she still enjoys a good story and she still enjoys a good conversation. And that's something that's a lot less deep than connecting with her uh, through knowledge of local survival. You can just throw a diplomacy dice at her face. It's just not nearly as good. Gotcha. Alright. Baylor. And then Nori. And Nori is going elsewhere, because you have to. So, Valor, what do you want to do? 
Is it like... Is it like a forest we're going into for this hunt, or...? You have no idea, but the area... I can show you a, a map, actually. I can show you a pretty good map, because I was prepared for this exact situation. Here is a map of Marat County. So you know around the Palace of Birdsong, uh, around all of Marat County and Inner Taldor, really, there are some forests. None that are really large around the Palace of Birdsong and Lothidar, though. Uh, so while you could most certainly be going out into the forests here or, like, around here, and you probably will be because hunting peasants through open fields is only so interesting because Marat County is fairly flat. Uh, it's not... It's far from a mountainous region. It's not even what most would call a hilly region. It's possible you're heading into forests, but it's not going to be like deep forests. Get right down here. Well, I was going to try to talk to Voinum. Okay. And I would start with asking if she knew where exactly the hunt was going to take place. So you, uh, ask her directly, just where, where are we going? We draw lots. Everyone's going to be sent off in a different direction. Wouldn't be much interest in the hunt if everyone was heading into the same small crook of woods. Besides, it'd be difficult for them to hide. Would just be ganging up on them, I suppose, if that were the case. Exactly. Uh, the way the tradition... Uh, it, it will be explained briefly. Count Barbie Lothied will give us all the details. But the various teams are going to be given their own individual quarries and sent off in their own directions. That's all good sports, really. Well, I... I just want to kind of take that and just start talking to her about, you know, the lay of the land around here, how it compares to the rest of Taldor since growing up and doing all my learning. I've Did I traveled or knowledge <laughs> geography. Yes. <laughs> all right, go ahead. And <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> I don't know. I just, it was GM's intuition. Go ahead and roll me that knowledge geography there. See if, well, it's not terrible. Uh, yeah, no, that is, that is in fact not terrible. You got a 19. Is that one of your lower skills then? Yeah, nine is the lowest I have yeah. on a knowledge. So, uh, so you got a 19. Uh, you talked to her about the area, and I mean, she bites. Uh, you've already learned from talking to her previously that she does uh, have interest in just the. Not only actual cartography, but just knowing the lay of the land, like you said, and the regions in and around Marat and Taldor, even the inner sea region. So she can certainly hold her own in this conversation. She's quite knowledgeable. But if she has any, like, real vested interest, like everything else about talking to Vlanum, she doesn't really show it. That leaves us with Enori as breakfast is wrapping up here. Who do you want to go? Try to influence or learn about that is not Voinum because she has no interest in speaking <laughs> with you further. Yes, I'm, I'm, first one I'm going to run into is Lucrezia. I'll say hi to her again. 
It was you. Was it you that talked to Lady Martin? I I think I was one of the only ones that talked to Lucrezia. Okay, yeah, it was only one of you was talked to her, but uh, I don't have anything on her. She's the one who's new here too, right? Yeah, she's, she's the one who was also okay. new. Yeah, she's a visiting cousin, and uh, she would nod and smile and you're in, friends with both the other two people in this conversation here, Baron O'Kara and Honoré Tribune Piscom and Dara's here, and maybe Inori just feels a little safer going down the easy road here with Lady Martine than trying to talk to the scary lady anymore. Scary lady doesn't like me at all. <laughs> so what I don't even have to... a, I don't even have a handout for her, I don't think. Because we didn't get anything from her, I don't think. Yeah, you no. haven't, like, you haven't discovered anything about her, you don't have anything to put on a handout for her. I'm in book one, that's why I can't find it. Yeah. That'll do it. So, are you going to be participating in the hunt as well? And, uh, she smiles and laughs, and again, she's, she's quite soft-spoken, like Sepsenia, if it wasn't for the crippling social anxiety. And she says, oh, no, myself, no, I was never much for these overly sporting things. It does seem like a good time. I must admit, it sounds like it'd be fun, but I'm afraid I'm just not physically up to the task of crawling through woods and bushes and all sorts of whatnot out in the lands around Lothidar for hours and hours on end. I'm just never been quite up to that much exertion. I wouldn't want to hold any teams back. And besides, I'm don't really know anyone enough here to send myself with them. I, I did come alone. Oh no, I'll be more than happy to hear the results and the, the stories this evening with the, the feast later of how everyone else had done. Well, if you decide to change your mind, I happen to be the exact opposite of that. I'm kind of at home <laughs> running through the bush and getting muddy and stuff, so you can definitely roll with me if you felt you need to. And she, she laughs a bit. I, I must say that's surprising, but uh, based on your equipment, it's not terribly surprising. Uh, it's quite a sword you have in your hip. Yeah, a bit of a fairly heirloom passed down through my family. So you've... We were raised into these sort of things, I, I presume, then. You were raised to enjoy the outdoors and the hunt and the thrill of the chase, so it may be. Yeah, all uh, prerequisites of the job. You got to be quick on your feet, able to track down your targets, all that stuff. If how to fight, handle yourself, survival situations. Yeah, my dad was a bit of a bounty hunter. I'm trying out the family business these days, but whew, it's a it's a learn bit of a learning curve, you know. You can practice for something your whole life, and when it shows up, it's maybe harder than you anticipated and you didn't think you were quite ready but you, all you can do is give it all you got and keep going forward right very much so it's a uh, perseverance really and exactly. do you want to do you want to talk to her about anything in particular do you want to give her some of them uh, maybe just a discovery check just from our conversation see if i pick up anything on her so i i found out why i haven't given you one of these it's because actually the handouts that come with the module are based on the expanded art. And so since she doesn't actually have her own art, she doesn't have a handout. So I can make one real quick, but it's not, she doesn't have a token or anything, so it's not gonna have anything on it. 
Am I just wasting my time with some sub character? <laughs> no, no, they don't. They can't. Unfortunately, can't possibly afford the money or the space or the time to put art for every single character. No. Not not everybody has a Bokasar who can turn yeah. out a token every two days. <laughs> yeah, you, there were a, have you ever, Lady, uh, one of the senators from book one didn't even have art. Like Lady Marilla? She didn't even have a, our, art in the book. So it's, and she was one of like the major, she was like in the same boat. She was one of the major influence NPCs of the gala. There's just not a token for everyone, but there, I made one. So you guys have a journal entry for her now to track things. So discovery for Lady Martin is sense motive and knowledge ability. Knowledge no. ability? Knowledge local for her actually. Can't any of these be knowledge planes? That'd be make great. Makes a lot of sense. She's not from town, but okay, we'll go with it. Sense motive it is. Sense motive is the usual discovery die. We got a thirteen, and uh, as you talk to her, you know I'm I'm a roll with it. As you talk to her, with a thirteen, this is not the same as Baroness Voinum. She's not intentionally trying to keep herself secret. She's not being intentionally secretive, but let's say Inori gets the same feeling that Chevy 36 just said. Am I wasting my time with some no-art peasant that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things? She's not from here. Uh, she's not from Marat. She's here visiting. You don't hear, uh, like in your conversation, there doesn't appear to be anything of interest that she says that really makes you think there's anything to latch on to, really. Anyway, in with her. Uh, she's just in largely the same boat you are, but without the sedition. <laughs> just visiting. So. She's legitly here just visiting. She doesn't have ulterior motives like the rest of us, which <laughs> makes her not very interesting. Yeah, you don't pick up on I really can't anything. Win. Anything all. to latch on to. No, I mean, out of, out of context, that's the you didn't roll high enough, but I mean, that's what I'm giving you. That's... I know, but it still hurts. <laughs> you got a consolation prize. Aww. Yeah, Bill. What was What's that? I didn't feel like I got, got a consolation got, prize. Got That's okay. Well, what? Yeah, what consolation prize did you get exactly? Yeah, I'm not me. sure you're referring to either. Not totally well. shut down. Yeah, instead of him just failing, you actually said words. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you didn't get void him immediately, so you got that going for you. That, that's the consolation prize. Well, that what exactly is worse? Cut off. I mean, getting shut down physically or passively shut down by, like, this one. Both still shut down. So, as breakfast winds down and Nell's carriage arrives back in the drive here with his new three-strength rating composite. Well, I'm just going to say strength rating so to, to remove any semblance of confusion about what kind of a bow this is. Plus three longbow. Not plus three longbow. <laughs> three-strength rating Composite. Is it a long bow or are you getting a short bow? I think it's short, short bow. bows. Okay, I was like, I don't think you. Yeah. Uh, I'm a three, big boy. Okay. Three strength rating composite bow. And his new quiver full of uh, an assortment of arrows trimmed to fire. He shows up right in time for breakfast to be winding down and perhaps to grab himself some bread or small hors d'oeuvres because the pot of eels and the grills at this point will have been taken and stored away back in the palace as everyone prepares for the hunt. Speaking of preparing for the hunt. Another Marat tradition that is taking place here is the assigning 
of the guides. The local guides that will help you in your hunt this afternoon. For those of you who are not familiar with, well, in your case, Marat, but for mostly everybody else, the lands and forests around Lothidar and the Palace of Birdsong. And this is a similar ceremony to the jesters from the previous day. And by similar, I mean exceptionally similar in that it's the same people, but be, instead of being dressed as clowns and jesters, they are now more modestly dressed in a comfortable, but still fashionable hunting gear as well. And you have assigned to you once again, no longer Purple Finch, now Alista Kragus, which is like Purple Finch, but uh, oh wow, that I thought that would just flip it. It's one token, but it has both their thing, both names on it, and I thought Roll Token would give me the other name on the token, but apparently it just makes a random one, which could be the same one it's already on, so I'll do it manually. Whatever. Uh, you get Alistacragus, which is the not Purple Finch persona of the actual person to lead you out around on your hunt. And her mood and demeanor is much different today, as she is filling a very different role, and no longer is she cartwheeling around doing backflips with her flute and being entertaining and or generally a nuisance depending on how you see it she is much more straight-faced now and she seems much more comfortable with this knowing that well most of you are not terribly amused by her shenanigans the evening prior except kahina and i think also dara to some extent <laughs> i liked it and as everyone gets handed out their guides so too does count lothied begin to hand out the lots to where all of you are going to go. And he draws first, one out for Titus's team, Lord Titus Lothied Kasava, Sir Cyrus Cockleburr, uh, and Dame Karad Hellebor, the two people that are literally always in tow with Titus, have been assigned out to the Ebon Woods to the southwest. And more down the line, groups get assigned to places like the Rolling Flats and Red Crags. What seem to be local names that have, none of you are familiar with. But there's a, a, a small round of just golf claps or minor applause as various areas are handed out. And it gets to you, your group, Sir Dar Rostin, Rostam, and his companions to the Brashen Deeps. And with that, uh, with the... Round of golf flaps. Titus actually just laughs. Ho oh, ho! Beware, friends, the vicious beast you must hunt this evening. I hope you find your quarry in good taste. And his buddies behind him kind of laugh with him. And Ominous. Lothied turns and just narrows his eyes at his cousin here, displeased with his shenanigans as he continues on to assign. After the last group beyond you is assigned their area, the quarries are brought out. Six local volunteers, or as Dara would know, criminals, brought out not in shackles or in any kind of uh, bindings or anything, but all dressed as wild game. And kind of cartoonishly, Actually, actually, rather than being dressed as like a, a boar, uh, one of them sports an almost just massively oversized fleshy pink pig costume 
complete with a massive nose strapped over his face and a hood with humongous ears. These quarries are each assigned to the various six teams that are going out hunting. Yours is dressed as an ox, literally with a bell on a collar around his neck with the tongue, I believe it's called, taken out so that the bell won't actually ring around and make noise and bless an ox more a wild cow. After all, six of the various volunteers have been assigned. A group of servants come out uh, from around the side of the house, leading a uh, perfect timing on the dog barking sirenscape, leading a pack of a dozen Talden bloodhounds behind them. Each of the servants has the various guides, so for you, Kragus, go over and take the reins of a, or the leaves of a pair of the bloodhounds and a knife from the servant. And then take your quarry, your wild ox you must hunt, raise the knife, and she gashes him across the cheek. And he kind of reaches up and holds it, just sort of stem the bleeding, but doesn't seem like exorbitantly wounded or anything. And then Kragus leans down with the knife to the dogs and lets your pair of bloodhounds get the scent of this wild ox's blood. Then, with a fanfare, the quarries are released. The bloodhounds held at bay as the six peasants sprint off in different directions towards whatever general area they were told to go. So you have with you now in your party, Kragus and two Talden Bloodhounds who will assist you in this hunt. So in case you guys are just absolutely terrible at tracking things, have no fear. You have a friend. You have two friends. You have three friends if you count Purple Finch. Purple Finch doesn't seem like she's going to be terribly helpful, but she's there. Now you guys have about an hour. Supposedly, as they would tell you, for a sporting chance. And now that breakfast is over, this is very much the drinking portion of the program. Everyone's gathered around, still on this front lawn here, discussing and laughing. And either readying their weapons or their armor or making sure everything is prepared. Aside from Nell and his blunted arrows, you don't really see anybody with non-lethal weapons. You see a lot of long swords and a lot of regular crossbows. Well, you can't expect everyone to be good with a bow. Yeah, but you, you don't see... You don't see a lot of people. You, you don't yeah. see, you don't see a lot like of restraint. Anyone's, anyone's really no, going no, for the, the non-lethal here. Yeah, I mean, to be nets. fair, the arrows don't have to be non-lethal. The blunted arrows? Yeah. You can Actually. take a minus four to deal blunt non-lethal damage. Oh, okay. but so it, but otherwise, it's just like lethal. hitting them with a club. Oh, fair enough. So, before you guys head out into the woods here... <laughs> Okay, there's creepy laughing guy. I missed the creepy <laughs> laughing guy. 
<laughs> Sharpen in the long sword. He's my favorite no, thing. I'm really Simon's excited Cape about this. Creepy laughing guy. He's really excited to hunt peasants. That's probably Titus. <laughs> I was gonna say one of the guys with Titus, but maybe Titus there too. There you go. Yeah, it's a Sir Cocklebear. Is there anything you guys want to do? You have a, an hour of preparation before you actually head out on the hunt here. Uh, would Dara maybe in that hour tell us what he found out? Uh, no, or discuss your various findings. You have that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. I would probably go around to the others and maybe mention what I had learned about the, uh, who, who we're hunting exactly and that. Hold on. I don't feel nearly as bad now, but... Still, it's still riding your... literally just doing your regular job. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you're riding your wheelhouse there. Yeah, Ori. this is bounty hunting, and Ori, this is literally I your mean, profession. Is... So it's gonna be pretty embarrassing if you can't win this. <laughs> while this is going on, a lot of the while you're discussing and Dara's telling you uh, what you've learned about the fact that these peasants are at the very least criminal peasants, which makes it better? Question mark. <laughs> um. You hear a lot of the other groups around you discussing, like, bets, really. Uh, oh. A lot of money is changing hands on this from the various teams just making what appear to be friendly, but as rich people, friendly, kind of large bets about who will be the first to bring back their quarry, who will be the most successful in their hunt. Define large. Uh, we're talking like 10, 15 gold. That's a lot of money. Uh, I mean, For I'll protagonist, maybe not, but usually that's a lot. Nobody really extends it to you because no one's super familiar with you. But if Not even after Anori won the joust yesterday? Maybe they're scared of us. <laughs> well, they just like, they, it's, a, it's a bunch of friendly bets going on between a bunch of people who, and this is at the point making it very clear that, again, these people just know each other a lot more than they know you. Uh, mm. While they're readying, no one's really going out of their way to include you, but you can certainly walk over and Before you do that, Mel, I actually have an idea if you're wanting to get into the betting thing. Like, maybe we could save some lives here if you post that I bet this much that we can bring ours back alive. Can you guys do that? Honestly, that's what I was considering doing, but I specifically Good. wanted to call out Gaston. Well, they're all very much supposed to be brought back alive. You're not... Well, I mean, judging by the looks like that yeah, you're telling me, everyone's got sharp weapons and stuff. Yeah, but they're not going to kill not. them. If you can bring them back at negative 2 HP. That's not dead. That's unconscious. Now, wait a minute. No, but no. did you die? No, but I got shot. But did you die? Exactly. If you, if you run up and you charge a guy with a longsword, and it's a peasant with six health, and you hit him for eight, He's not dead, he's just bleeding to death. So then you bind his wounds and carry him back like a sack of potatoes. That's Didn't a lot kill of assuming. If you bring back a halfling who's missing a leg, but you cauterized it... Still alive! What if, wait, Categorically what if we bet alive. to bring them back unharmed? Okay. Now, now you're getting ridiculous. But we I have the tools for it. Yeah. We do. We got two Spider-Men and I mean, I could insult them until they're unconscious. Yeah, between my ability to intimidate, this I have rope, we have two web shots. Blinding powder. 
blinding powder. <laughs> you and your and, blinding powder. And insults. <laughs> we have we, we, we also have the capability to heal them, which doesn't really say much. If we bring them back full full health. Yeah, that's kind of cheating, but I mean it works, I guess. You I, can... Well, but like, there, there's works. no way to prove we didn't beat them into unconsciousness, heal them back up, oh, and I bring see, them yeah, back on par. You have, you have magic. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to are walk you, over. You're talking to... about yourselves right now. So I'm saying, do you want to go yeah. tell this to anybody else? Well, yeah, I I want to make. I'll present this to the party, of course. I would like to make a bet specifically with. Gaston. I, I cannot remember his actual name. <laughs> Titus. 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 <laughs> I would like to make a bet with Titus. Just. I don't like Titus. I know you don't like Titus. I want to make what you're betting. What? We, we are all aware of like your plat- like of Titus. What are you? What are you betting? <laughs> Two platinum that will uh, come back before he does. That's and, uh, it. Titus and his group, and at the moment, I'm, I'm presenting this to the party. I, I'm. Oh, 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 oh! You're not We're, we're, we're Titus. still discussing it before he okay, goes okay, over. Okay. Okay. I thought. I thought. Being now, I thought he was walking up to Titus. Like, no, he's thinking for a second. Boy, <laughs> for the first time in his life, boy, he's thinking before. Yeah, he this does is something. to be fair. The fact that he's still talking to the party and he's proposing an idea before he just does it is out of character for Nell. Yeah. So forgive well, me for he's assuming learning. He's just evolving. walked over to Nell <laughs> or to Titus. He, he knows learning. we have his back now. So he's he's consulting us. It's your kind. Of, I mean, I'm not one to talk, but you're kind of making it personal with Titus. If you can use that to get everybody to in on the bet, I mean, that would be interesting. And that's part of the reason that he's presenting it because he doesn't like Titus. I also don't like Titus, but Nell doesn't. That's why he's going so hard at it. But if you guys think it's a better idea to present it to more of a blanket statement instead of a targeted statement. Yeah, maybe a blanketed. I don't exactly like him either, but what's what's the ultimate goal here? Make him stop grinning like that. (laughs) Wipe the smile off his face. But, 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 we we did, I mean, you... You winning the joust made us very much the talk of last night's feast. We win this and make money off the other nobles. Maybe we're the talk of tonight's feast. So our names are out I mean, there. I feel like that would happen whether money was involved or not. Yes. Yeah. If we win, but you know. The money is just because, I mean, more money is. is money more. is good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed I, to making more profit. If we can. <laughs> says says the merchant daughter. <laughs> As the bounty hunter. The daughter of the merchants. Yes, let's make some more money, please. Thank so, you. So, it does seem like these bets, just because these people are nobles, I mean, you see the palace that Count Lothi lives in and the wealth on that at their disposal. Like, a 10 gold bet to them is just like, hey, Shenmue, I'll bet you five bucks to whatever. Like, they're, it's, they're not doing this to make money these are just like friendly bets mm-hmm. so you would definitely be off is. the status quo going in trying to throw platinum around and raise stakes i mean there. right two platinum doesn't sound crazy no i know two platinums is fine that's just 20 gold like you, you're just raising it basically but i mean you are you are raising it yeah that i mean that's what i'm willing to put on the table is two platinum for this not a whole lot but enough to get people at least interested 
see if they want to take the new people's money. Exactly. If they're overconfident, think it's an easy win. So I suppose, if no one is objecting, I will speak up and ask if anyone would like to take the bet with us. So you step up at this point, uh, Baron, a care, be the first one to turn around. It's like, oh, Sir Stalwart, of, of course, I... We're not trying to intentionally exclude you or anything, just uh, didn't really know where your mind was on a bit more friendly competition here. You're more than welcome to join the pot if you so choose. We're all chipping ten gold in. Winner takes a lot of it. Okay. I like that idea. I'll uh, toss a platinum in there. And you, uh, you throw the platinum in. And Titus... Because I don't actually have ten gold on me. Granting, being Titus... Oh, fantastic. I was really just going to be able to get you a middle-of-the-line vested best after I took all of your money, but if I'm taking their money, too, this might get a haircut on top. Oh, Kahina wants to throw ten in now. <laughs> She's yes. like, I'll take these odds. <laughs> if you want to. But right now, it is, of the five other teams, it looks like it's just... Each of them is putting, like, for the team, there's, there's oh, okay, basically the team. 40 gold in the pot right now, and you're making it mm -hmm. 50. Because four of the five other teams just have this little friendly betting pool going. Mm -hmm. So it's so basically 50 gold if we win. win, everyone gets 10 gold. Yeah, more or less. So, with that, anything else you guys want before we start off on the hunt here? Mm -mm. I want to take a, a nice big cup of coffee before we start, please. Half my fatigue penalties, please. Chug. Sounds like a good idea. You, still again feeling quite fatigued from not sleeping fantastic and no head bed dreams. Drink some coffee. Over. We've been over this. Yeah, get, drink some <laughs> coffee to steal yourself and to get a little bit more energy for this ensuing hunt. So you'll only take a minus one from the fatigue instead of a minus two on most things. And then after an hour... With another ring of the gong, the parties head out. Now, most of the groups here have horses. Do you? Not yes. all of them, but of the five other groups, four of them are mounted up on horses, head out, letting their bloodhounds go, and their dogs just take off in front of them in whatever direction, and they're just following with the horses. But I don't... No, if you do, you could ask to borrow some from Calvary yeah. Stable, but otherwise oh, you... carriage horses. You could take the carriage horses. You'd have to go get yeah. the carriage. I guess that's what we would have done in that hour, is unsaddle the carriage from the well, horses. the carriage doesn't have five horses, so you guys get to share some horses if that's what we're doing. I have two scrolls of mount. Okay, that'll do. Because okay. uh, we were saying the carriage was pulled by... Two horses. That'll give you four horses, and then just one of you's got to double up. So, wifey, want to double up? Yeah, well, <laughs> I was gonna Problem say, you guys yeah. <laughs> they'll double. Can you know, just grab onto Dara's arm and just hoist yourself up on the horse, like you see in the movies? <laughs> I so. guess she would have to sit in the back because she has a huge freaking. Uh, Glaive. <laughs> yeah, you do have a massive glaive. You're ready you have to a hunt massive this, glaive. This, this wonderful hunting instrument. 
It's got so a the, blunt end. So during the hour, one of the things that would be uh, discussed uh, after you join the betting pool, especially, count low, people go around, make sure everyone knows they're going. The brash and deeps, as they are called, that you are heading off to, is not terribly far from the Palace of Birdsong. But the area around here, uh, again, while it's not terribly, like, mountainous or hilly, isn't totally flat. So it's going to take you a little while to get down there. You are heading here. That's on the GM layer. You can't see that. You are heading here. Down into the southern end of the, this forest along the riverbank is where the Brash and Deeps are located. The marshy the ride, bits? What? The marshy bits? The marshy bits. Not not all the way. No, it's not all the way across to like this crazy marshy stuff over here. It's this side of the river. It's this okay. area over here. They're not going into the... No, they're not going to send you to the swamp dumpster for the friendly hunt. That's not what we're going for. We're, it wouldn't uh, surprise we me. Go. We're practically going to the estate. Yeah, you are yeah. actually going like halfway to the Bettany estate, but normally you would do this. Like two-thirds like of the deeps. way. Like this whole forest, more or less, is the Bratchen Deeps. So, but this is the, the main area, but he, he's anywhere in here. Without a road, you can ride down the road till you get near the forest, but beyond that, you are going to be just kind of trucking through some hilly pine forests with occasional rocky creeks, these tributaries coming off of this main river, as well as a whole bunch of just low-lying low ferns and shallow caves and whatnot. It's not terribly quick going it takes you about 45 minutes to get down into the forest proper and begin your hunt so you guys know what hunting means survival checks time he may not have horses on the way back we'll see how this goes oh, no. <laughs> you guys uh can make survival checks to try and find the tracks here. You have your bloodhounds, and your bloodhounds are just sort of sniffing around. But uh, it takes you about 30 minutes to do a survival check, so stop rolling dice. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> it takes you about 30 minutes to, to do this here. So, it's interesting as a group, really only... One, maybe two of you with an assist can take the lead on this, unless you guys want to split up. But I don't know if you have a good way to get back together afterwards. How far is message? <laughs> what's Pretty far, the, actually. What's the range on message? Let me look. Let's see here. If it tells uh, me. Oh, it's not this kind of a scale far. No, it's it's a hundred yeah. feet. It's medium. Okay, and I thought it was. Yeah. I actually thought it was long or multiple miles. I think there is a version, but message itself is the mm -hmm. decent range, but it's not gonna work. A hundred feet plus ten feet per level. Yeah, you're gonna be like like hundred forty. You can see half a football field, so you can probably still see each other from that distance. You can just yell, "Hey, <laughs> yo!" So who Found is? Anything? Going to take the lead on trying to track these down and Not follow I. the bloodhounds and figure out where the trail's gonna pick up. Don't tell us we all rolled, we all rolled politicians. And no one has. Um, I could probably. I just don't know a whole lot about doing it, but I could. It probably. is literally you roll a survival check. 
That is a, uh, I could probably a, do that. That one is not count. Just stop would, rolling would dice knowledge crazy geography person. be an assist? No. To, oh. You would need. This is literally tracking, so you will actually need survival checks. Okay. Well, I could probably do that. Okay, it's amazing. I have like a really bad survival check. You're and that's your job is to find people. <laughs> to track people. Well, okay. your job is more like gathering information and finding someone who's hiding in a city type deal. That's yeah, a, that's, that's, a, that's a different, different situation. Right. 13 on the die, Talking 20 on the survival check. About a half hour after you get into the woods here. Uh,. Dara, looking around, the bloodhounds are just kind of sniffing about. They haven't picked up a really solid trail yet. Uh, but they're they're sniffing off after something. And they're trained well enough to stay in the general vicinity of you guys. But they're just kind of going off and like sniffing at things and trying to pick up a scent. Dara is, in fact, fairly okay at this. Uh, between your military training and your own experience hunting... Tracking a guy wearing a cow suit is not really any different than just tracking an actual wild ox. And after about a half hour, so 45 minutes to ride here in about a half hour, so it's been about an hour and 15 minutes, you pull into a grove. You think you saw something. And it's a small, broken, low-lying branch. Not necessarily who you're tracking, but something came through here at some point. Anybody's will take a look. While well, the bloodhounds are sniffing around the area, you get off your horse and kneel down, and you find a single set of fresh human footprints leading deeper into the forest. As you call the dogs over, the two dogs sniff at it. One of them barks real excited-like because they do it good now. This is what dog wants. <laughs> and then they start sniffing their way down where they're pointing deeper into the forest. Mount back up. Follow the dogs over a rocky creek and through where the trees start to get thicker. Deeper in the forest, far from the roads, very far from the roads, and even far from any normal treaded hiking trails or anything, the undergrowth starts to thicken further. There are several loose logs and collapsed trees just all around the area. It becomes nearly impossible to ride. What do you do? Well, I do believe that if stuff's getting a little bit too tight for the horses, we'll have to tie them off and figure out what we're going to do. Do you guys want to go on foot? We have to. Yes, we're going to have to. Although the thought pops into my head that if we just leave the horses here, he might circle back around for them. Mm. Leave not Purple Finch. Yeah, with him. And Kragus uh, would nod. Yeah, of course. Uh, anyway, that I can assist here, I can. I will watch the horses. I wish you luck. May you find your quarries. Watching well. the horses and. Protecting the horses are two very different things, though. Well, I can't imagine that he's going to what, attack me. That's the hunt is fun. Well, freedom is pending on his escape, so. Well, but I imagine his freedom is also 
depending on him not committing any further crimes. I mean, he's, he's not going to escape forever. True. I, I suppose it will be good enough just to have someone here. I imagine if he's agreed to this situation and this way to gain leniency on his, uh, his sentence, then well, surely he's not going to do anything to get himself in any further trouble at this point. I mean, his oh, hopes are literally riding on this. He does show up. Just yell really loud. We'll come run. <laughs> I should have brought my flute. I brought my flute. Great. We'll hear that shrill tone for miles. <laughs> I'll do my best, sis. And ladies. About to say, doesn't Inori have like a thunderstone? I do. I have a couple thunderstones, actually. I would I, definitely hear that. Leave him a thunderstone. If something happens, throw it against a tree. Let me yeah. see. I, I, know I, have, I think I have more than uh, I, I have three. You I'll guys, let him borrow one. Yeah, you guys have got at least a thunderstone amongst the party. So you can yeah, leave one to Kragus. Yeah, and I then will. if something happens, she will just throw a thunderstone. And you will definitely hear yes. that because there's a flashbang going off in the Take middle of the frickin' Throw forest. it at something. We'll hear you. <laughs> so you, leave, you tie the horses off to some trees and just... Leave them to kind of graze about the forest undergrowth here near a creek. And head deeper into the forest. Who would like to... Uh, are you still going to make a survival check for us here, Dara? Yeah, I'm, go I'm going to... The dogs are sense. really excited. Yeah, they're, they're good. ready. Now they're ready for this. Dogs are on go mode sounds, right now. That does sound like... Yeah. So, Dara, while we're exploring and whatnot, I'm going to give you a Tanglefoot bag. So I'm taking that off my character and giving that to you. Okay. You just uh, you throw it at people and it, it entangles them. Oh, gotcha. 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 Do I put that on my sheet or anything? or Just anywhere. Yeah, write it's it down. Just an item, like a potion. Okay. I lose it. But you're a little bit better at the ranged everything than I am. So I figure you'll be better off using the bag. You can throw that and your blind. Yeah, you, you are much more likely to hit somebody with that than he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, roll me a survival check, Dara. And somebody assist him. <laughs> okay. Well, let him roll it first and see if he needs it. See if he needs any assistance. I'm sure he can handle this. God, ye of no faith. An 18 on survival. Uh, you're able to continue following the trail. Because as the undergrowth becomes denser here... So, too, do the signs that your quarry has left behind. It's impossible to move through this much shrubbery and branches and fallen logs and trees without leaving signs of your passing. And the peasant that you are following here is very far from, like, an expertly trained hunter or ranger or tracker of any sort, really. He's just kind of going relying on just getting enough distance between you and him so that he might have some chance of escaping. He's going to burn still, himself out. Movement slows to a crawl as you make your way through this incredibly dense forest. Uh, just trying to continue keeping the tracks. You, you don't want to lose track of the path you've found. But also, you want to move faster than a snail's pace so you can actually keep up with your quarry. You continue on this way, burrowing further south into the trees and through the shrubberies for about 
another half hour or so. And at this point, you're still having no problem following the tracks. Everything is working okay. And the Brashen Deeps, as described to you by Count Lothiater, are only so big. So, I mean, surely there's only so much space they could have come through. We're only going to have two horses by the time we get back to them, by the way. Why? Oh, his mouth's going to wear off. <laughs> no. How long does that last? Are they mount scrolls? <laughs> yeah. Oh, rip. Yeah, they only last two hours. Kragus can be like, ah! Oh! What's happening? <laughs> That's okay. You just, you, you, you take, put two people on one horse or, and then another person and. I swear I didn't yeah. lose them. <laughs> we petitioned, we petitioned Bartleby for replacement of our horses that his servant <laughs> lost. Wow. Uh, I almost want us to do that. Cause then, I know he. <laughs> I mean, did he even know that you made those horses? Because if he doesn't, and they just disappear, he he's like, wait a minute. probably would have cast Mount before you had off, like, <laughs> no. unless you rode on two horses away from it, and you're like, okay, now we get more horses. <laughs> and then get on the new horses and go. And you definitely would have cast Mount to have been the horses with you. But yeah, by the time you get back, the two of your horses are definitely going to be gone. That's okay. We'll take the captive and stuff back so we can try to make it back first. And then I'll we'll just have to carry him. Right, I'm trying to do something real quick. As you make your way through, after about 30 minutes or so, that does not oh. <laughs> sound... I was like, what the hell did we just find? Am I playing Tomb Raider? What's happening? Like a, a I think we found Cornel Wild Chip. I know. <laughs> Is he going to air wrestle us now? I'm scared. Off in the distance. Oh, great. Oh, I and see. There is something very angry ahead of you. Elton's hungry for cow. So yeah. you hurry forward uh, towards the roaring and the panic yelling. And you find yourselves here. With the dogs ahead of you still gleefully following the scent towards a clearing in the forest. And on the other side of it, you can see your quarry. The man with the cow costume dodging through the trees from what appears to be a massive manticore. Smashing its way through the underbrush towards your peasant. Uh. This, my friends, is what we call the bad time. So, let's take a break real quick. <laughs> On that like Seriously upset, Manticore. So from where you're standing here on the far end of this clearing, your quarry and the Manticore are easily uh, over 150 feet away from you on the far side of this clearing. All of the dark brown areas on the map are thicker undergrowth and are difficult terrain. Uh, the lighter areas that all of you are standing on right now are standard terrain. And 
Spring Bob difficult to admit you move half speed through it. Also, you can't take five footsteps. Roll me some initiative. There you go. They told me to change it to spring green. Yeah, well, that hot go. 20. It appears to have worked. And behold, <laughs> I go real fast. That is everyone here. So we'll go ahead and sort this descending. Baylor, you are the first to react to this site. What do you want to do? You don't have, do you have mage armor on right now? I wouldn't have been walking through a forest without putting it on. Fair. Fair, fair assumption. You're a wizard above level one. Of course you have mage armor on. And I, just to explain it, since I don't know how well it showed up on the stream, I did add a D4 to my initiative. That's one of my Chronomancer abilities. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see it. But you rolled a three even, too. That's pretty used to. Yeah, I rolled a 19 on a D20 and a three on a D4. Pretty good. I'm going fast. Okay, yeah, that definitely with your your chronomancer, you're not only the first to react. You breach the clearing here as you hear this this creature, this incredibly angry manticore, just roaring and growling in the distance uh, as it dashes across the ground, smashing through trees and bushes, chasing after the same thing. Well, you were a moment ago. Time almost literally slows for you as. Just a bit of your latent chronomancy, your magic, innately kicks in, uh, allowing you to react instantaneously. So what do you do? So the straight stretch in front of me is difficult terrain, yeah? Yes. So I can only get to there in one move action. Yes, because that'd be 30 feet. But I can see this manticore, yes? I guess I should roll dog initiative, because dogs are currently still on snippo mode. But at this point, the dogs are hunting bloodhounds and are going to be just as terrified of a giant manticore as a regular dog. And are I'm not going to roll up because they're just going to be, like, barking madly. They found it. They did their job. They're not going to run towards the manticore. They're not, like, combat dogs. But, yes, you can see the manticore from there. I am going to cast Entangle over in that direction. Okie dokie, so you get a humongous area upon which to do your thing. And uh, Entangle, as you cast on the ground uh, near the manticore, all the grass and the weeds and the, just even the roots of the trees of the forest surge upward with incredible speed and magic force. Wrapping up around the manticore and entangle uh, and attempting to entangle it in their grasp. And he used to make a reflex save. Which he does pass. No, it's 17. Oh, wow. No, he fails. Okay. Haha. I thought, uh, I don't know, I can't read. I thought it said 16 for some reason. So he is currently entangled. 
Nice. And, and so will... from like, like here down this way. Let me draw this. Can't... I can do this from where? Like about there, that way. The right button. Which one makes circles? That one makes circles. Someone does almost make a huge circle. I can't actually drag it off the edge. I'm just gonna make yeah, a that, circle that's the problem. over here, and then I'm gonna drag said huge circle. Hey, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do one better because it really, yeah, Roll Twenty really doesn't like me putting it on the edge. You are correct. It's super unhappy about that. How about just Blair? There, freehand style. That works. That's the entangle zone. They wrap up and entangle this manticore and it just roars out in rage snarling in fury as it starts trying to pull against the plant pulling up around its legs keeping it from getting towards very delicious little guy dressed like a cow Ahita alright um Ahita hmm Ahita is going to Double move. Oops. Where's the... It's been so long since I've played the ruler. Man. Oh, the ruler changed. It's the weird little circle thing now. Yeah. It changed the icon. Yeah. 15, 20, 25. So there's 30... Very angry about being entangled. He is, he is extremely entangled. angry, which is why I'm not going to go towards him. She's going to go. I don't remember now. There we go. Thanks. My smart. new stuff I have. Okay. Um, she's going to call out to the to their quarry. Run towards us! Come towards us! Like. This way! Dar. I'm... Yeah. What do you... What do you got, Dara? <laughs> Her mic's muted. I don't know if she's... Okay, sorry. There oh, okay. Go. Um, okay. So, how do I move my character? Uh, so all you gotta do is you... I mean... You moved them on the other map, didn't you? You just tapped the, the top. Wait, can't I? I just dragged him on the other map. Yeah, you just dragged him. Yeah. Uh, you can use on the top left and roll twenty. There's a little bar of tools. The fourth one, the circle with the little bar sticking out, is a ruler that you can use to measure oh. and figure out where you want to drag him to, and then you just drag him there. Oh. Same okay. way you went on any map, any other map. Okay, so I just wanted to go behind this uh, tree up in front of us next to Kahina. Okay. Um, you may have to show me how to do the ruler thing later. Uh, you just click click on the little ruler icon in the top left, the circle of the thing, and then click and drag from you to wherever it is you want to go. And it'll tell you how many feet? And it'll, it'll measure it. Click on you and then drag it to wherever you want to measure it to. Oh, okay. There you go. So uh, I'll go down here. Okay, yep, that's 30 feet, so you can do that with one move action. Okay. Did that work? This is 
That thing sounds you so have to, angry. You have to switch back to the mouse thing to move. Oh. Uh, it goes, that's what the tools are. It goes back and forth between what your mouse does. Okay. So there you go. So okay, Dara moves okay. forward up behind the tree. Now, from where you are, you can shoot at the manticore, but your crossbow has an 80-foot, what's called a range increment, which means the general effective range of your crossbow is 80 feet. So every... Can my crossbow? You can draw that as you, as you move. You can pull it out as oh, part okay. of moving. But uh, every... 80 feet away your target is, you take a, a cumulative minus two penalty to shooting at it. So he is just barely over 160 feet away, which means if you shoot at him, you will take a minus four under attack roll, but you can do it. So when, I, when you click on your crossbow macro, I've just made macros for everyone to save time. Okay, just regular shot? Yeah, a regular shot and then put a minus four into the attack roll. Your damage is still fine. Oh, you're not doing damage right now, right? There's two different macros. So the, yeah, minus four and then click roll and see how it goes. Okay. But he is entangled. He is entangled and also flat-footed. Oh. Uh, but with a 13 from this distance as he's moving erratically and just writhing against the plants that are binding him to the ground there, you line up as best you can you take a shot, but your bolt just sails right underneath the wing as he thrashes around. Ignore it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna just double move to here. You immediately, I imagine, drawing Siaran as you go. Or are you, for some reason, not drawing your sword? No, that's implied, obviously. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you spring into action, rushing forward, whipping your sword out, getting as close to the quarry as you can. I imagine trying to put yourself in between him and this incredibly upset manticore. <laughs> he, hearing the call and seeing the group of you there, is, well, he's gonna do his best to come towards you. Sure, you are actively hunting him right now, but he also would really prefer to be caught than to be eaten by a manticore. <laughs> we are and, the uh, less dangerous thing hunting him. You are very much the less dangerous thing hunting him right now. As you- We well, also have weapons we, to beat said manticore. <laughs> And as he's sprinting towards you, he uh, he cries out, It's Iron Lash! It's real! Help! And this manticore is going to do his best to break out of these binds here. And he is going to make a strength check. And probably surprising nobody, Iron Lash <laughs> is going to bust out of the vines that are holding him. Giant Manticore, maybe can't make the reflex save. Most definitely can make the strength check to bust out. It's and he still rips, all difficult terrain. It is still all difficult terrain. But as he rips himself free of the magic vines that are binding him, he is going to circumvent that a different way. As he uh, jumps out of the vines and launches himself up 30 feet into the air. 
flying now towards you. Too smart. He doesn't want to be in the plants. He's not even smart. He's just getting away from the... He can see, like, that whole area is visibly angry plants, and he's gonna just jump out of it. He's mad. No. Um, seeing as I feel like he's about to come over here and do some not-so-nice things, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna forego the bow. And I'm going to double move to the front of the party. Be right there. Okay. Uh, so, good idea. You're gonna do the thing that you do. You take out your shield, you draw your sword out as you run, and put yourself as much in the front as you can before this manticore flies into your lines and starts doing really just very angry things at you. Just doing my job. Baylor. All right, Dara. Looks like you need a little boost. Bam. Cast Grace. All right. So, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, we're going to get some buffs going. Seeing the first shot fly wide and seeing the range at which you are stuck trying to engage this thing, you are going to step forward. And with a word of magic and a spell cast, energy surges out of your hand into Dara. And you immediately feel... Like an acute sense of speed. Like your vision almost narrows and focuses. And almost like how Baylor works, time sort of seems to slow down as your reaction speed surges. And you have plus four dexterity. And we'll, for you, because you're new, as a crossbow user, that means your attack rolls are going to be too higher. It also means your AC is too higher, which may come in heavy. Kahina. Well, Kahina's gonna do what she's gotta do. She's gonna start her bardic performance, and it's time to buff the party. So she's gonna draw a glaive and start her bardic performance. It's time to buff the party. It's and time to buff the party. You pull out. <laughs> you pull out your your glaive, this massive weapon of Shellen. And as you start to perform, what are we doing? Second? Oratory? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was not a yes or no question. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, sorry. I'm trying to. For some reason, it didn't put what all the buffs that it gives the party on my sheet. Uh, for inspired courage at level four. I'm pretty sure yeah. you're just giving him plus one to attack and damage rolls. And yes. saves against fear. So, as you start to... What's your performance? Uh, perform oratory. Uh, it's, um... I have... Uh... You have what? Trying what to find this on this sheet is... Where we put this on the sheet. Oh, what your buff actually does when Inspire Courage does? I mean, I don't know. I didn't write down your shade, so that's between you guys. But you start your performance. You start telling your story. And while you find that other people take your turn, or take the turns, magic surges through her words and crackles outward. And everyone around immediately gets that plus one to attack and damage and fear Sim should it end up becoming relevant. Dara, 
who is now faster, more agile, and most importantly, more accurate. You're up. Okay, so I put the plus two on my temporary AC. Yeah, you put in a temporary AC. And, and then, what should I put in the plus three to attack? Do I put that anywhere, or do I put that when I'm shooting things? Uh, that is when you take your shot, when it prompts up to okay. the attack thing, just like you did the minus four before. You're just going to okay. put two in there instead. Cool. So I'm going to crouch down behind this tree and look at the um, thing over there and fire a rapid shot. Okay. So your rapid shot, it's still a range increment out, so you're taking a minus two. Mm -hmm. But it's come a little closer, so you're not taking a minus four. You have plus two from Cat's Grace. So you actually have plus nothing. You're just using the rapid shot macro. Okay. And she lets two shots loose from her... Uh, he lets two shots loose from his cross, but one after the other. And both of them land in the manticore. One hitting into his shoulder and one in his wing as he surges into the air. So roll me damage... Or, uh, oh no, he's not entangled anymore, is he? Does he keep the entangled condition, or is it comedy? This a thing. No, he broke out of it. Okay. They actually both whiffed. My mistake. I did that totally wrong. Did she Whip have noises. the plus one from the Bardic performance, too? Oh, so there's one 20. higher, but they still both whiffed. Alright. 20 and an 18. Uh, both of them. One just barely sails past him, and the other glances off of his hide. The manticore itself is a fairly sturdy creature, regardless of what the fur may be looking like. Uh, so that second arrow passes through its mane and just glances off of its shoulder, leaving a scratch but doing no real damage. My mistake. I got so excited, but you actually didn't hit it at all. Inori. <clears throat> all right. Uh, I have to step up here just for... And seeing the manticore flying and stuff, she's going to assume a defensive stance and cast shield on herself. Okay. Okay, so you step back, and you would like to not get murdered by whatever this flying creature is. So you cast a spell, and a magical shield like hardens around you. A field of blue energy swirls into life and solidifies... Uh, protecting you from whatever a very angry manticore is going to want to try to do. The quarry is going to just keep on going as far as he possibly can as he just kind of runs across the open clearing almost past you guys, getting as much distance as physically possible away from the gigantic angry manticore. Which is then going to proceed to fly... Up to here. What icon is on this? Oh, it's entangled. That's gone now. That's, that's why I got to get the icon off. It flaps forward, closing the distance, roaring angrily as it does, and with a lash of its tail, a salvo of spikes detach themselves and fly out towards the party. Two of them towards Nell, one off towards Inori, and one back towards Kahina. One, two on Nell, one on Inori, one on Kahina. 
So no, you are... You double not, res your AC is Yeah, I'm not full defense. It's 19 right now. It's 19. Uh, even with your shield up in hand, one of these... Uh, one of these spikes, as they fly through, glances up off your shield, and you deflect it to the side. But the second connects with you, and it embeds itself into your shoulder. You take 10 damage, and much to your dismay, the wound starts to surge with blood as the ragged spikes from this man's cord lead a gape leaving gaping hole. Inori, right as your shields flicker to life, the spikes fly forward, one of them hitting and shattering into several splinters. Uh, almost, uh, if it was a physical object that could be stuck in, it'd be stuck. But they hit, and the spike slides down to the ground directly in front of you as if it hit a glass wall against your magical shield. Perfect timing to cast that. Just barely deflect the thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> and Nori, or uh, Dara, rather, as you take your shots, you see this spike come back down right past the arms of your crossbow and hit into the top center of your chest. You reel backwards a bit. You take so I'm not thir- in partial cover for the tree, or no? Yeah, this is this is with that. You do have partial cover for oh, the tree. Okay. But it still hit you. You take 13 damage. So then the green bubble over your head is your health. You can uh, click on You can actually just click minus 13. It'll do the math for you. You don't have to try and figure it out. Okay. I want, I want, there you go. Like, I want you to do this so we can learn. And similarly, similarly to Nell. Oh, that's the wrong one. Your wound is also bleeding quite profusely. And now you take two damage from the bleeding. So, what action is rolling? Uh, rolling a knowledge check. It's not an action. Okay. Uh, knowledge local since it's like a named creature. Uh, well, it's a manticore. So I mean, you could you could knowledge local, whatever the Iron Lash of Marat is. Yeah, exactly. Spoilers: exactly. It's a Manticore. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's more to it than that. It's a big Manticore. But um, it, it would be like knowledge nature or something, and I don't have that. So. Uh yeah, that's what I'm actually looking because I need to find the table because I actually. Actually, it's a magical beast, so it's knowledge like, arcana. Magical type of beast is arcana. Because Manticars are magical beings. Yeah, it's knowledge arcana. Is you there... can, uh, with, without rolling, you may have heard at some point, like, just some muttering about the Iron Lash of Murat, which is, you know, a Manticore. That is the bait whether or not it did exist. Spoilers, yes. <laughs> it's right there, and it's man. But the, uh, there's nothing you would know that would, like, help you combat wise. Okay. I'm going to oh, draw a cure light wounds Because he's 30 feet in the air. And I guess drink it. That does sound like a pretty good idea. <laughs> Draw and drink a potion sounds like a good time right now. He's worried so, that he might provoke from that far. I hope not. No, that would be really bad. No? No? No, he's drawing and drinking. He's just doing it. It's just, it just yeah. takes two actions to do. You draw I was and drink concerned it. between doing full defense and drinking the potion. And the magic for the potion starts to heal your wounds. Three points. And that does stop the bleeding at the very least. So you will no longer just 
be automatically taking passive damage, so that's a good thing. That's the big takeaway here. Baylor. Eh. I move over there. That'll be in range. Because you said he's 30 feet in the air. 30 feet in the air, yes. Alright, this is probably a poor decision. I'm gonna move over there. And chuck a splintered spear at it. Right, we got a little closer and we are going to conjure up the splintered spear. Alright, I mean, I'll take it. That, that sounds good to me. He'll take a shot with that. And... Bam. With a 27. That's pretty good. You let loose the spear. And that does, for serious this time, hit the Manticore. If a 27 did not hit the Manticore, we would be in a bad place. That only hits on 20s, doesn't it? Yeah. That oh, feels bad. Unless, right. like spear, it, it is a spear. Spears are only 20, right? I think spears are times three. Let me look. Long spears are times three, I believe. No, spears are times spears. three. It's just, they're just times three. Alright. So dang, if it had been 20, you would have been having a good time, but it's not a crit then and a 19 for you with the spear. But it hits him. And 11 damage. Let me just double check. I don't believe he has any kind of DR. He does not. And he is bleeding for one. And Turnabout's oh. fair play. Yeah, bleed him right back. There you go. So you hit him with his spear as he's flying there. And the impact, while it doesn't seem to do a massive amount of damage to the creature in the grand scheme of things, it does seem to kind of imbalance him. And for a second, he struggles, flapping in the air, uh, losing a bit of altitude before he steadies himself and regains back under control. It definitely halts his flight towards you. Kahina. Uh, so two questions. First being, is there a way that you can make it so I can see other people's health bars so I know who I need to heal? No. You intentionally okay. cannot see everyone's health bars. Um, if you, as you look around, Dara seems to have taken the worst hit of the two of okay. them from that spiked, uh, that spike that lands out from the Iron Lash's tail. And okay. he's still bleeding profusely, whereas the potion seems to have stopped most of Nell's bleeding, but neither of them look like they're in imminent danger of death, but they're okay. both injured. But yeah, it's an intentional decision you can't do with first. Okay, and since this is the first time I've played a bard, so I did inspire courage, my performance started, to do yes. my cutting remark my wit is that another is that a stopping a performance and starting a different one no once your or bardic does... performance is going it takes it's a free action to continue doing it mm -hmm. you can just weave spells and your cutting remarks and all that into it so oh, okay. you can it just takes another round off of your bardic performance all right so i just round, need to obviously. keep track of my rounds is yeah, basically you just track your rounds. once once it's going it's going okay all righty um so, uh, she is going to turn to Dara, and I'm going to throw a Cure Light Wounds at him. There's Touch. 
Oh, it's within. Oh, okay, well, I'm gonna. I'll move then. Alright, so you move over to Dara by the tree. Mm-hmm. With a quick incantation. Cast a Cure Light Wood spell and discharge holy energy, Shellen's blessings mm-hmm. into Dara. This makes him stop bleeding. A moderate wound. Oh, sorry. Was that moderate? I don't think the healing ones actually roll the dice, so you still had to roll DA plus four. Oh, a DA plus four. Okay. I was like, because I have a different sound for moderate wounds, because Sirenscape actually has like a whole spell list of background sounds, and it's fantastic. So yeah, just roll DA plus four. Slash. If you roll an eight, he gets literally all of his health back. Eight. Yeah, most of the spells roll things they need, but the Ugh. cures don't for some reason. The, the ones you pull out of compendium. Alright, an eight! So, Dara, you regain eight health. And you can again just type plus eight in the bubble and it'll do it for you. Yeah! And it's now your turn. Alright, so Dara's gonna wink over at Kahina and then <laughs> uh, fire another rapid shot. And he's still one out of range, so you do have a plus one. I forgot about the Bardic performance bonus, so you're Cat's Grace, but he's in the second range, and you're going to have a plus one from the performance. So your net result is a plus one to your attack rolls. And with two shots here, once again, coming out of the crossbow, one of them flies by, but one of them again strikes the Manticore in the wing. Roll me damage and add plus one to the damage as well. Because you do get damage from the bardic performance also. And remind me what damage was? Uh, it's the macro that says crossbow damage. Oh, okay. Yeah, you made you, you made you a button for it. Made this as easy as possible. Okay, and it's one. Yep, only one of them hit. So yeah, just roll it once. And then you get let's get a plus one for. All right, yeah, your crossbow is actually plus one now. So you hit him for seven damage. Is that with the plus one from the bardic? Yeah. Let's get the plus one for the bomb. Let's do this real quick. And uh, again, as this strikes him, he almost kind of spins in the air. And he actually loses 10 feet of altitude. So he's now only 20 feet above the ground. This creature is a hulking beast of strength, not one of grace and finesse. And it doesn't seem like it's doing fantastic at taking hits and staying in the air. But for now, the Iron Lash is still flying. Okay. Really don't want to get closer to this thing. What? Well, you are a melee character, so I, sometimes I know, you have to get close to things you don't want to get close to. But it is flying. Yeah, it is flying. <clears throat> so, do ranged spells fall off too if they're no. out of the range increment? They don't have a range increment. If you're out of range on the spell, you can't cast it. Oh, gotcha. Spells have a totally fixed range. Fixed, that makes sense. Okay. But it's usually pretty long, and he's only 80 feet. I don't... There are few spells, like only the spells that are touch or close range. And even... No, you're close as one range at level 4. But anything that's medium or long range, you can reach him with from here. Anything that's touch, obviously you can't. Anything that's close... I think right now you have 45 feet range on. 45 plus my levels. It's 25 for... plus your level. 25 plus five per level, so it's 45 on close range spells right now. Oh. 
Yeah, I was going to try to ray frost, but that's definitely so yeah, not if you range. move 30 feet closer, you'd still be out of range because he's 20 feet in the air. Okay. So you can't quite get in range to cast a close range spell on him right now. Alright, I'm just going to look over at Nell and take a five-foot step up at this guy. And I'm going to taunt him and say, why don't you come down here and get some? To the lion, just yelling at him. I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> an intimidating check or it's intimidating, right? That's what I don't, I'm gonna well, do. you can intimidate him. Well, actually, does he have an intelligence score? He is a magical beast. You can intimidate him. He's a magical beast. He's intelligent enough to be intimidated. I think most magical beasts are intelligent. And he... flip her hair back, put the sword down, go get some, and roll hard. <laughs> Come get some, Come get I, I guess. Some of this. <laughs> hey! He's like, no. Lion thing. <laughs> Come land, please? <laughs> Come hang out. He's not terribly interested. Come down but... here and fight someone a quarter your size. <laughs> <laughs> the guy Moff is here. Uh, doesn't really want to go to the dogs. But he doesn't want to get very far away from you guys either. So I'm just going to run to up here and hide behind this tree just past the dogs. Uh, still screaming and ranting about the Iron Lash and the Manticore. And uh, as he runs past you, you can see he is very bloodied and has one of the Manticore spikes sticking out of his thigh. Uh, he actually looks like he's barely conscious as he stumbles back to that tree and falls over and just lays there. Iron Lash is quite comfortable with where he is. He's going to take one damage from bleeding. He's not really interested in getting any closer. He's going to just kind of fly over and down a little bit, kind of flapping, hovering in place as he just slowly glides around you. And with another flick of his tail, he's going to launch four more spikes out. Uh, two at Inori, one at Nell, one at Baylor. this a bunch of times. And so Inori, both of them bounce and bounce off of the magical shield you have revolving around you that is putting in all kinds of work right now. Now, a spike strikes you and it seems to pierce almost directly through the stomach of your breastplate down into your hip, dealing nine damage. And this one... It hit an area that may not directly deal as much damage to you up front, but it is a, an area with many more arteries to bleed much more profusely, and you are actually just gushing blood at this point. And if you don't deal with that, you will go down very quickly. Baylor, you as well are stricken by a spike that just catches you in the arm. You take eight damage and are bleeding as well. No. I'm gonna drink another potion because this thing is successfully CCing me to the point I can't really afford to do anything else. Is this tanking? He pulls out another potion and throws it back, just hoping the magic will uh, will stop him from bleeding. Did the job. I mean that you you bleed for four before you take the potion, but then you heal for two. So that heals you for two, and then four for every round this combat continues. So in the long run, although your potions may be bum potions from the cheapo store, it's 
It's stopping the bleeding. That's what we're after. Baylor. You take two damage from the bleed. Yeah. Alright. Dara. Quickly measuring ranges. Calculating <laughs> his next shot. I think I gotta do this. Do your thing, man. Become the protag. I am going to cast Bone Shaker on him. Ooh, that sounds cool. Do you have a button to click that will post what that does in the chat log for my... Ooh, that's a lot of dice. That sounds Ooh. cool. Ooh. Okay. So, Bone Shaker. I'm not super familiar with this one. Do you have issue materials? I know you. it's a priceless focus, but for just for RP of what you do, do you have issue materials? I don't. So you reach into your bag, and you, as you start to mechanic the spell, and uh, start to mutter arcane words here, you pull out an actual bone voodoo doll, and channel your magic through it, which lets you, I guess, literally shake this manticore's bones. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, and what's the save he gets? Fortitude? Yeah. Let me see. Fortitude for half. Okay, he does pass. That's his good save. So he takes six. And does he still get to move if you if he passes the save? He takes nine. That didn't roll the right amount of dice for damage. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's both those numbers added up. Oh, I see. I see what it's doing. Okay, so he, yeah, that's, okay. a, that's an odd way to do it, but I see what it's doing. So he takes nine. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, it's three base and then two more yeah, from Yeah, and then level. damage two is the per level thing. I see what's happening. Okay, so he takes nine damage. And as you wrench his bones, with one last flap, he tilts to the side and jerks as you pull this voodoo doll and crashes into the ground. Taking some falling damage, actually. And landing flat on his side. Kahina. Okay, Kahina. Run up. She just left Dar, runs up behind Dale and throws both hands on his back. And, uh, cure moderate roll, uh, wounds. D10 plus four? Yeah, no. Now, desperately injured, uh, 2d8 plus four. It just adds more d8s as you keep going. Now, very much injured. Kahina's gonna channel in a bit more of her healing energy. Focus. 2d8. Oh, 2d8. Yeah, Sorry. it just adds more d8s each level. As she pushes the magic in the Nell. It says rolling the dice, but it's not rolling. We believe. There yeah, roll 20. There I believe is. in you, roll 20. No, Destin does result. not get good heals. You get nine health back, which is more than zero health back. So, I mean, that's something. We'll take that. Dara. Um, Dara's going to move up a little bit. He's going to move uh, over... Move here. a tree upwards. 
Yeah, he's gonna move a tree upwards. He's gonna go over here, I think. And um, then he's gonna just shoot regular. Uh, okay. And then do I, um, I still have the, just the one? Yes, you are within 80 feet now, so you're no longer taking a range penalty. He landed, he's down. I mean, he's prone, so he gets plus four to his AC, but you now just have plus three on your shot. Okay. And with a 22, as you line up, uh, move up to the tree quickly and fire, your crossbow bolt just flies over him, thudding into a tree in the distance. Inori. Okay, 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 okay. Um, what? Oh, he's literally five feet outside charge range. If you want to go crazy. Need 35. Need what? So I can go 30. And he's 40 feet away. Wait, what is a 35 foot range? The web bolt. Mm -hmm. Does it? Yeah, it says. Uh, Look, close is 25 plus oh, five, five for, for every two, two levels. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was five for level. You're right. You're right. So he is literally five feet outside of you being able to do anything to him, basically. Yeah. The good yeah. news is, as he crashed into the ground here, crossbow bolts pinned through his wing and still bleeding from the splinter, he is starting to uh, become fairly bloodied. Although he's scrabbling on the ground for a moment, trying to pull himself back up. He's still very alive and very mad. He is starting to become injured. Starting. Alright, I'm going to... One round. I'm gonna cast Vanish. Okay. So you... He's on the ground. Once upon a time, this was a thing that you wanted. At the moment, you know, looking back over it, not actually a humongous fan well, of the it being on the what I'm doing. You, <laughs> Because you really don't want this thing to come touch you. You're not super great at surviving the punching so much. So you cast uh, Vanish. I'm trying to find... What's a good thing for this? What's a good one for this? Actually, don't have a Vanish. Let's just go with this. Oh, that's like a blast spell. See, I'm still learning Sirenscape. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. And you disappear from sight. Bloop. You are invisible until it is exactly your next turn. Well, I think it's it goes from our level now. One round oh, per this, level up to is five. Is on the scope for level? All right, cool. You're good. All right, so you're well invisible for a bit then. Uh, in the distance. Your quarry, still cowering behind the tree. Uh, at this point, he is now down on the ground, kneeling, and kind of like curled up with his hands clasped before him in prayer, just spouting, babbling prayers to Shellen to protect him from this demon of the forest. Inori could Iron also Christ. still move. Oh, oh yeah, you want to you move? That's, yeah, I'm sorry. I was, I, you already did what I was trying to do. 
Oh, yeah, I was like, how are there two of them? I like how we use the same icon, though. We're on the same page. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I wanted to vanish and then move, obviously. That was my idea. Okay, you just you didn't say any more things, so I was, I was going. Yeah, go, ahead, go ahead and move yourself on now. While, while you're moving forward, he is uh, desperately... I'll just leave it on this. I was trying to decide what to do on the enemy's turn. He is desperately praying to Shellen as the Manticore, still bleeding from the spear wound, pulls itself up and turning towards the party lashes out with another spray of four spikes towards the two people it can see that are not behind the tree. It's gonna be two, uh, it's actually just gonna shower now. Because Kahina's behind you, Baylor and Dara both behind <laughs> He's a, tree, a wall for a reason, and, and she hides invisible. behind him for so a reason. He, yeah, he is just gonna shower spikes. It's a good thing bleed doesn't stack. And no, Jesus <laughs> that is true. You are <laughs> right? not gonna smack. You're getting a whole bunch of spikes, though. So all four of them aim towards you. And you, now with this, as this energy washes through you and Kahina heals you and you raise your shield and stand back up steady you see this shower of spikes and you just put your shield up in front of you and brace you know you can't you're not a ninja you're not gonna reflectively dodge all four of these you're gonna hold this shield up in front of you and just kind of hope it catches the majority of them and it does as two of them spray past you one thuds into your shield and one hits you in the leg you take 12 more damage and once again are bleeding the story of the Nell. You you are tanking though. You are you absolutely are categorically tanking. tanking. It's your turn. All right, I'm gonna draw a potion. I'm gonna five foot step closer, and I'm gonna full defense. All right, so potion in hand, you bleed for two, and you step forward, shield still raised, readying yourself as best as you can to avoid this Manticore's attacks. Better. And I'm gonna ask for another heal. Oh, ask for another Potion in your shield hand, I suppose. Actually, yeah. do you have a free hand? I didn't think about this till now. You're wielding a sword and a heavy shield. You don't have a hand to drink potions. Like, did you drop your sword or? Uh, I didn't I mean, think about it before, and I don't want like, to go and wreck on to your arm. Heavy shields take your hand. You have a heavy shield, don't you? Yes. Okay. So I don't. So I can't draw the potion. Yeah, I'm not but... gonna retcon the previous potions because I just now realized this. You actually don't have a free hand to make the potion, but you're five foot stepping, so you can sheathe your sword and draw the potion. Instead of just dropping your sword on the ground. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that then. Okay, so your sword is sheathed. To, to get the potion. Yeah, and you have the potion in one hand, the shield up in front of you. Yeah, heavy shields are like bound around your arm and you're holding on to the, uh, like your hand is up in uh, a big handle, keeping it towards you. Don't, it doesn't give you a free hand. But anyway. I mean, that is a solid plus six to my AC. That so. is. Baylor. Uh, I'm gonna bleed for two. You gotta bleed for two. Step one, bleed. Step forward. Draw and drink a Cure Light Wounds potion. There's a lot of that going around these days. This thing is flinging a whole lot of very angry spikes. Once it is. again, a burst of magic as the potion enters you. You stop bleeding, and you heal for seven. Pretty good potion. Give me one of those, please. <laughs> you, know. you need to go Hi. have a talk with your potion This, this was one of the ones from the Golden Olympic. This yeah, was I've one got of the fancy ten ones. Yeah, you're getting the high-end potions. He also has the high-end potions, though. He's just not doing too great. All the energy of the potion is going into making you stop bleeding, yep. <laughs> not to the healing you. Uh, okay. Kahina, step forward. 
And then <laughs> both hands. She's like, okay, let's try this again. <laughs> Every round spent <laughs> tanking this is around the casters can cast safely. He is just walking yeah, forward with his shield up, eating spikes, and you are walking behind him just incanting prayers in between your, your oration, just healing him over and over as this manticore just lays into him. <laughs> but he heals for 14, and he stops bleeding. I'm actually right where I was before it full attacked me. Dara. Very, very mercy of Ryan right there. Yeah. I'm going to uh, switch out to my acid bolts. Does that take a action? Uh, no, because reloading your crossbow is a free action because mm -hmm. you have rapid reload and because you are a, a bolt base, it doesn't say nothing. So you grab okay. another type of bolts and you set and this acid bolt into your crossbow, click it into place. Can I remind Dara of one thing? Sure, she is very new. I will give you her about Dead Eye, I think it's called. Spend oh yeah, you, you remember your touch grip AC. points. Yeah, remember you have grip points. Yes. And you can use those to allow you to ignore the Manticore Stick Hide, which would actually help a lot. Because touch AC is generally a lot lower than normal AC. Mm. For okay. creatures like this. Yeah, especially yeah. this, because this is very much... It has a very thick hide. And, uh, yeah, I, I I should be giving you... I'm, feel free to give Bryn advice, because she's new. Because I'm kind of busy doing all the GM and stream this stuff. This only works if she says it's high noon before she shoots it, right? <sighs> I'll say words. You don't need to say <laughs> words anyway. So it's a... It's sharpshoot is what it's called for you. Um... You can still rapid shot with it if you want. Every shot that you want to ignore his hide costs you one grit. So you can rapid shot and have both shots ignore his hide for two grit. It's whatever you want to do. Every time every time you are firing a bolt, you can spend one grit to ignore his armor. Okay, how many grits do I have? I remember I had more. You have a few. I have. Let me look. I, I want to say you have like four. You have a good amount of them. Yeah, you do have four. four, yeah. So if you wanted to spend half of it, you could have two armor. And, and I, I do feel like this is partially my fault because I told you this lets you ignore armor and not knowing Pathfinder, it would be easy to interpret that as literally armor because this is a naked manticore. Okay, okay, okay. Armor also includes things like a beast's hide. Okay, so we're really going to go for it. We're going to get two acid bolts, spend two grit, ignore armor, and fire rapid shot. So you're going to take two shots, and you're going to line this up with these acid bolts directly into the head of this manticore as it turns and whips its tail over its head, showering spikes towards Nell. It's not looking towards you. You're going to take this opportunity. So this doesn't change your roll. You're still rolling at plus three. You are just ignoring its armor now. Ooh. So with a 20 and a 24, Ooh. both of those hit. So you have two good hits into the iron lashes. These acid bolts hit and the acid sizzles through its skin. And it recoils, roaring in pain as these bolts hit. So do the damage macro with plus one two times. And what does the acid bolt do again? Another D4, I think. Yeah, okay. Something so like do that. yeah, do the bolt. Do your damage macro twice, and then you'll just roll two D4. Okay. So the first bolt hits him for eight. The second bolt hits him for seven. And then do slash R space two D4. Uh, okay, what was it? Slash R space. 2d4. 
because there were like two D4s. Right. Two! Two damage from the acid bolts. That's okay, you hit him twice and although you didn't get the crazy high acid bolt value, there are now one in like its temple and one down by its jaw on the left side of its face. And as it roars in pain and the acid burns down the side of its face, uh, it's probably for at least kind of good to Dara. It turns towards you and Baylor, now very much injured. Inori. Hmm. Ah, uh, da, da, da. Let me check something real quick here. Okay. Is, is Greece? Right, I just thought, is Greece a visible thing? Or is yes. it just... Most spells are very visible unless it says they're not, like Wall of Force. So if it doesn't say it's invisible, assume it's visible. Okay. Alright, well, then I'll go with my plan B. How big is he? He's, uh... He's large. He's 10 feet. He takes up so four squares. If I move to... Here... I'm gonna go right here. 20 feet. If he charges a straight line, which I'm hoping he will, if I ready an attack as I'm invisible, if he charges past, that's what I'm... You'll get your attack, and you'll get the attack of opportunity. So, you'll okay. get your first, your ready attack will be against his flat-footed, and then you'll have a regular attack of opportunity. You'll get to hit him twice as he runs by. Beautiful what I'll do. That's a pretty sick read. That's a pretty sick read, because that is exactly what he's doing. As <sighs> he rushes forward towards the tree, Dara, Baylor, and just roaring in seething rage. And as he gets to here, you get your readied swing. From invisibility. From invisibility. So it's against his flat-footed. Okay. Oh, oh! No. oh boy. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> confirm it against his flat-footed. Oh man. He doesn't know you're there. This is oh. He doesn't know you're there. Now see, this is what Nori's good at. <laughs> Sneaky beaky. Oh. Hey, that's. I mean, he's flat footed. He's that might flat footed. Still be good that's a crit. Roll Ow. damage. Oh, so, that's double. I'm double. Sure. Double your attack damage. <laughs> Don't forget your. Sword out as he runs through it. Don't forget your plus. Your oh, yeah, pluses yeah, yeah. to damage yeah. for your bar plus for the bardic performance. From the bardic performance, which. Does double, I believe. Mm -hmm. So plus two from the bardic performance. Because you get plus one, double. Peekaboo. Surprise! Oh, it would be it would be bardic performance is twos instead of ones on this. On yeah, because it's doubled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's whatever your normal damage is, just including bardic performance, completely doubled. Did you put the plus ones on yours, Dara? I am. Yeah. Yeah, he's just putting it on his, okay. yeah. 
I'm gonna do damage twice, I guess. Cause... Yeah, just do damage twice. Let's do this one to death. So, it's five. And eleven. And then as he moves to here, <laughs> you would get your attack of opportunity. Okay. And here, with a free action, her eyes will begin to glow, the hair will begin to levitate, and the sword will ignite. Because now, the true power of the Black Blade. As the energy just washes through CR and as it activates. And you pull it back for the second strike as the Iron Lash, surprised, amazed, turns as you pull the entire length of your sword out and spin around and you hit it again. Inori. What do you do? Oh boy. Okay, so as he's charging by, he doesn't know she's there. She appears out of nowhere on her knees swinging to, to spread his legs. He drops low. Now he knows she's there. Looks looks to to Inori, who is already standing at this point. A, a hair glowing, eyes flying, all the all this stuff, and she just stabs the sword directly into his throat. And he just stick it into him. And he is fully halted by the sheer force of the first swing. And as he wheels around, you stick the sword into his throat. The manticore, the mm. iron lash, collapses with Ciaran still pierced entirely through his neck down to the ground. It is dead. We have victory music now? We have victory music. <laughs> yes! My friend. The beast... Lays slain. I'm gonna drink that potion. <laughs> you get four health for drinking your potion. So I didn't realize how good Vanish was. I didn't know it scaled with you as you leveled, and that's. I actually didn't know that. I thought it was the one that just gave you one round, but no, yeah, I didn't. Does, either, and then actually, I said so. it was. It says with caster level too. So. Yep. So that's uh, that's pretty gusta. So with the Iron Lash, dead. Its wings pierced and multiple wounds to its shoulders and its forelegs, and two acid bolts still lodged in the side of its skull. Your quarry is still cowering behind a tree, just ranting out prayers to Shellen still, uh, seemingly entirely unaware that anything has happened. That, or that the, the danger has passed, rather. He is not mm -hmm. looking. He is not listening. He is very successfully tuning this all out right now. I mean, I imagine the dogs panic. are still barking like crazy, too. Okay. So the dogs are also probably still going crazy right now. Yeah. Not unreasonable that someone not looking wouldn't realize it's over yet. Uh -huh. Kahina is going to turn around and start walking back to him. As you approach him, he, he doesn't immediately react. She's still, just uh, going to reach out and very gently, just very gently put her hand in front of him and be like, my friend, Shellen has heard you. You're safe. And he, uh, in, in a panic, almost, he stops and he turns and looks at you and like, in 
quick jerking motions, looks back across the party and looks back to the dead manticore. And turns back to you again. Looks back at the dead manticore. <laughs> looks back at you again. I, uh, 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 it's just, it, it's, but, no, 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 no. He looks back at the manticore. <laughs> looks back at Kahina again. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna be back at the stocks. You, you caught me. I'm gonna be back at the stocks. I'm alive. But, but, but uh, thank you, thank, thank you, Sheldon, thank you, whoever you are. But, but, but I have, I have to go back. Maybe we can let us talk to Count Bartleby. Where are you from, Stockies? And he's he's not listening to you at all. And he's like, one time, one bad delivery, thirty days in the stocks in the center of Lothi. Lothi, I can't, I can't go back to it. He just kind of curls down the ground, and starts talking in the floor. I can't. going on and on and talking to his hands on the floor. She would just sit down next to him and just kind of like pet his head and just be like, it's it's okay, you pet don't. His we'll we'll work something he's still out. In the costume. A She's little just trying torn, to calm him. She would make... even probably start humming under her breath. Just something using, keep using her bardic performance to like calm him down. Make so... me a diplomacy check. Okay. That is a thing that I can do. You're a bard. I would hope you could do that. I would hope. You're literally <laughs> banned from barding if you can't make a diplomacy <laughs> check. If that's not a phrase that makes your eyes light up, you're re-rolling a character immediately. Hey, Nell and Ori, you want to bring this back? I was actually going to ask, how much does a manticore weigh? Uh, a lot. <laughs> we could be had it. How much does a manticore weigh, Squid? A manticore... Because a lot is not enough to determine. I just now realized why the Beast usually bothers listing what a creature weighs. A manticore is about a thousand pounds. What? Perfectly fine. No, that that's perfectly fine. No, it's not. Yes, it is. We're gonna put that on a horse. No. (laughs) You savage. We only need we only need one person to go back on the horse. How much does a manticore head weigh? Like 80 pounds. I mean, uh, we have rope yeah, and stuff. We like can drag them behind. 40, yeah, 50 no. pounds. I have head. rope. My drag weight is 1,500 pounds. You are two hours from the palace. I don't know. I don't need to get him back to the palace. I have to get him back to the horses. horses. And then what? You're in a <laughs> very dense forest. You've had to stop riding through it. Got so thick. It was difficult to ride through before. You're Just only cut like... his head off. No, I want the whole thing. We'll come back for it. A good taxidermist can put it back together for us. No, no, no. You're not. You're not over there, Kahina. You're talking to the yeah. uh, the guy. They're, they're <laughs> no, some of us are gonna have to walk anyways. Listen, exactly. More so, importantly, so it's not your kill, man. Can you drag <laughs> it? Because I'm trying to bring it back to show what we killed. That would probably be really good. Who are you trying to impress? I'm trying to win this thing. Who aren't we trying to impress? Exactly. (laughs) No. We're going to win. You shut your mouth, Baylor. This has nothing to do with you. We send somebody back with the quarry and with Purple Finch. Yeah. And then the rest of us use the other horse to get this hole. Yeah. You want four of you and Purple Finch on one horse? 
no, 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 no. one person one... and Purple Finch with the quarry take a horse. Because Purple Finch is a halfling, and I'm assuming a horse can carry two people. I mean, I yeah, pretty easily. Purple Finch is a person. Purple Finch is the person. Purple Finch is a human. Oh, I thought Purple Finch was a halfling. No, she's a human. Okay. So is this quarry, by the way. This is also a human. Yeah, so just make Purple Finch walk or something. Well, we can double up. It's not like the horses yeah. can't take two two people. Exactly. I mean, one way or another, we can get the person back. Fuck. Excuse me. Sorry. We can have... Hey, we're on the clock here. Let's consider time as, as an essence right now. We need to consider getting him on the horse and exactly back at this moment. Exactly. We yeah, can exactly. get the quarry and somebody back to claim our prize, and the rest of us can get this. I agree. Okay. I think that sounds like a great plan. Really, Dara? Even you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to take more than one person to get it out of here. That's for sure. Well, what do you think? Do you not think that this will win over Titus? I mean, come on. what He's going to be impressed. They've had this thing around it. It's like a local legend. When you put it that way, I would like to rub it in Titus's face. <laughs> you were the, yeah, like, come That's on. You were the one to kill it. to be speaking. That's how we connect to Anori here. You completely just convinced me. Okay. <laughs> how are we doing this? I'm on board. I've got 50 feet of rope. Um, All we have to do is tie it up and just drag it out. <laughs> and then whenever we need to lift it, we can just like, push it over whatever we need to push it over. Meanwhile, Between... while you're having this discussion... Uh, Kahina is over calming the peasant, and he, like, you're successful. It takes you a minute while you're listening to this conversation in the background, and while, uh, while Nell's discussing how fun this hunt was, the word he said, um, (laughs) you... At least I caught myself. Just leave it. Kahina, uh, you, he does eventually start to calm down. And he goes from being terrified, still, only slightly less terrified, to worried, but understanding that being alive and in the stocks is about a million times better than being murdered and eaten by a manticore in the middle of the forest. And he introduces himself. I I don't quite think I have any fair way to, to thank the lot of you, but my name's Malfus. They're a dairy in Lothidar. But you're more than welcome to free butter and cream next you visit the town. Sweet. If you'd even want the peasant's cream, but I, I have not more to offer you. That would be more than enough. I'm just happy that you're okay. We weren't really keen on hunting down people when this first thing started anyway. But I'm glad that you were not harmed. Maybe we can figure something out and you wouldn't have to go back to the stocks. This is more punishment he, than he, any he one person. He shakes his head and puts his hands up. Nay. The count was very clear. If we could evade ye until dark and our sentences are reduced and we'd be paid. But you caught me. Well, rather that caught me and then you did, but seeing you here, I'm sure I could the lasted the whole afternoon. 
Ugh, I never should have moved from Vinatis. He just kind of rubbed the bridge of his nose. That's been nothing but trouble in Lothidar. What kind of trouble? We are where he new here. We don't know. Oh, you know, between the Night Swan and the damn Toxes, running me dry. And the one time of a shipment of sour cream to the Count and his palace, and it's 30 days in the stocks. And my wife's got nothing to carry on. I, I had to accept the deal. 50 gold is more money than I've ever seen. Hmm. Stay what? here for just one second. Let me let me go talk. I'll be right back. Don't run. Please don't run and make them chase I, you. I doubt I could make it. Give horses magic. <laughs> no point. Give horses magic. <laughs> so, Kahina's gonna stand up and walk back to the group who I assume is all around the... He said he was in the stocks because he was late delivering food or because he was late on his taxes. Who uh, cares? Put him on the horse. We gotta get going. I was asking Squid out of character. Oh, Why I did he say he was party. in the stocks? <laughs> Squid? That's... It's whatever he told you, whatever you heard or... I couldn't hear you because you were mumbling away from the That's mic. That's what he's I didn't doing. He's anything. mumbling down towards the ground. You got what you got out of him. You can ask him. So, okay, then before she leaves, she'll be like, why were you in the stocks in the first place? And he, uh, he looks up. I... I sold the count the sour cream one, one time, one shipment. I've supplied the palace since I moved to Lothidar. And the cream's a wee bit sour once a month in the stocks. Okay. I understand, right. he, I guess. Is he saying that, like, in front of us? Like, in front of me. by the tree, I imagine. That's, Kenya turns around and asks that before she walks. She's like, why did you go in the stocks? Okay. Like, ah, bad cream. Okay. And it heads back over to the group. So she's going to go back and she goes, So they said we're hunting criminals, right? Yeah. Right. He was put in the stocks because the cream he delivered Bartleby was sour. 30 days in the stocks for one batch of cream being sour. Have you this ever is not had, a criminal. Have you ever had bad sour cream? How much is cream worth? Not that much. Like probably copper, several copper. For, depending on how much you're he, getting. But like if you wanted to buy like a, a jar of cream, you'd be looking at one to two copper. Like, this is, this is nothing. Punished a whole month. He's not a criminal, and the only way he can have his sentence reduced is if we don't take him back before night. We have the Manticore. We take the Manticore back and say we couldn't find him because Manticore. So what if we lose the stupid wager and bet we hunted a Manticore? That will at least demand some respect from some people. Not to mention that I'm sure the parts of this manticore could be sold for magical stuff. Bartleby will eat that up with a spoon if he thinks he can get magical parts off this beast. Listen, I, I've seen this type of thing many a time. All right. They will say and do whatever it takes to not go back. This is what they do. He doesn't want to go back because he's going to jail. Bounties do this. Even if he is telling the truth, it doesn't matter. 
We're out it here. It does. To keep... He's and being punished for nothing. I'm kidding. You're okay, keep going. Don't oh. tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I am a part. Oh, squid. Regardless of if he's telling the truth or if he's lying so that we don't take him back, it, it doesn't really matter because we did come out here to bring him back. And while I don't like it, we are playing their games right now. Exactly. We're just trying to get in with them. We don't have to like it. We have to make them like us. And he's not hurt. We saved his wife anyway. I mean, would he rather be dead? No, but his wife might starve while he is in the stocks. So you might be well killing her. Do you think we will have more... Uh, sway over Bartleby after we so show him that we have I... killed the local legends, and maybe this man did help us by and distracting him, him and we can maybe... Then we do him. that. As you're talking, Moffat starts to, like, hobble his way over towards the group, uh, still with the manticore spike sticking out of his thigh. Oh, he, well, uh, uh, yeah, let me he, take care he, of that for you. He limps his way <laughs> over, and you, uh, Oh, yeah, what are you doing? Uh, she'll probably remove the spike and cast Cure Light Wounds on him. Okay. I've got potions. I've got potions to spare. Or you can do well, that and give him a potion. potion or, uh, Save wounds. those potions for later and use a spell cast. If yeah. Fair. So, yeah, as, uh, as Mama's approaches, you go and you meet him. Cast another Cure Light Wounds into him. And, uh, take the Manticore spike out of his leg. And, uh, you, you heal him up. And him still limping along, looking frankly ridiculous in his cow outfit as he limps over towards the group. Again, just pleading with thanks to the whole group. And with no knowing full well he could never possibly make this up as a group, you know. What do we do? I, I've been caught. I, I, I have no more desire to run. I suppose we I, head back. I just want well, to be rid of this forest. I'll take the stocks over more of these back. beasts. I have a recommendation that might make everybody happy. So, we take him back. He serves his time for a ridiculous crime. And the concern you brought up uh, about his wife, Kahina, uh, it's very valid. So... I propose we go make sure that she does well until he can return. I don't mind sparing he, a few and he silvers. Put, Moffat so. puts his hand up and just waves his hands. No, no, no. The the group of you have done so far above and beyond anything for a, a, a commoner like myself. Don't. You need not do anymore. It's trouble, but everyone has the troubles. We'll we'll make do. The dairy will be fine. We moved to Lothidar for the money okay. regardless. And even if the Count no longer wants our business, leave others. Please. You can, you could add ours to your business if the Count decides he doesn't want it. We have the Bethany estate. He looks at you and he thinks and nods a bit. It's a fairly long journey. I have no horses, but... If you'd have it, well, Stockies has no dairies. I would be more than happy to supply. Sounds like an arrangement that we can definitely work towards. 
Maybe we can see something about the horse. Well, if the deliveries are regular and the business good, the extra money, I could afford one. I could afford a mount. Or at least messengers to make the deliveries for me. Alright. We could... That'd be glad to provide. Does that work what for the, you, Anori? What are noblemen and, and women like yourselves doing in stockies? I'm here for business. And simply to play the, the social games that nobles play. And he just still kind of looks at you dumbstruck. There are no nobles in stockies. But there are now. Uh, my dear husband is the heir to the Bettany estate. We are be taking it over. Uh, the rest, uh, our friends, we're happen. We're going to open a brewery and try to make stockies our home. I I recently inherited the uh, estate and I'm looking to uh, build the community. But I really think we should probably get back so that we can yeah. win. You don't need milk. You need the gods at your back. Stockies we'll make it work. A swamp. All the more reason for people to come and enjoy a brewery. <laughs> Nothing else to do if you're in a swamp. Well, if you can brew like you can fight. <laughs> I will certainly try my best. <laughs> I don't know if what he was doing was called much fighting, but... <sighs> To be fair, it was an important aspect of fighting. If you had been standing there, I don't think it would have gone quite the same. I'll take a month in the stocks over more beasts of the brash and deeps. Can we leave? Yes. 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 Let us please leave. So at this point, I think it would be best for Kahina to go with him and to take one of the horses back. Okay. And then the rest of us can deal with what's here. Did is that fine with everyone else or Baylor? Honestly, either one of you. Maybe Baylor if he if he has more pull with uh, the count. I also have the lowest strength. It yeah. would be the least helpful moving mm -hmm. a manticore. <laughs> exactly. This is true. Then Baylor can uh, go, and I will stay and help with this. So Baylor and Mafis find their way back out of the undergrowth here and back towards a fairly distraught Alista Kragus who is very upset that she lost two of your horses and has no idea how it happened. <laughs> At none. None whatsoever. And Baylor's uh, like she is almost kind of in the same mindset as Moff is at this point and is pleading not to go into stocks herself or worse for losing two of the noble steeds. But she swears they just vanished into thin air. <laughs> While she's panicking and stuff, a noise is gonna walk yeah, up. Are you to going her. back too? Or are you back to Manticore? Yeah, we're 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 dragging the Manticore. Yeah, this is just Baylor. <laughs> well, Baylor, we'll I imagine, tell her it's no problem, and take Moffitt and take one of the horses. Yeah, I'm not gonna explain it. I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, don't worry like, about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm gonna we'll get a horse again. with Moffitt and start. Uh, I would imagine probably also the Bloodhounds with you too. Because they have, they're following Mafis more than they're following you. So Ride like the wind, my friend. Running along with you as you head back up to the palace. What was the plan for the rest of you? We're going to start dragging the manticore. 
Yep. Okay. Back to the other horse. Uh, there's five of you with Alista and one horse. So. Are there? I mean, are, no, wait, to be fair, you right. won't get back a ton slower walking than riding. Because really, after the initial ride down the road, the horses didn't really help you at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the I mean, problem is going to be dragging a thousand pound manticore through a forest so thick it's difficult to rain. Yeah. Which is going to take it's you until take like time. tomorrow. Like, the, you, the important. It took you an hour from the edge of the forest to get here with horses. Dragging a thousand pound manticore is going to be until like the evening to get this out of the forest. As long as I have time to get ready for the ball, don't care. Yeah, that's the question, Marcus. You're going to miss the feast for sure, but you can probably get it back in time for the ball. You're just going to miss dinner. Like, this is gonna I'm sorry, we were delayed like by this thousand pound manticore. <laughs> yeah, that seems fair. Excuses. If you're willing to. Like, <laughs> that's fine by me. I'm just making sure we understand the level of effort involved in dragging a thousand pound manticore out of a forest. So, I mean, I'm if we're all on board with this. We came out here to hunt. We're bringing back our prize. Yeah, you hunted. Good money. Yeah, Baylor, oh, yeah, the important the mag- part is that we win the challenge. Baylor arrives with Moffis back at the Palace of Birdsong and finds that you run around the middle of the pack. Three of the other teams are already back, but two of them, because Titus captured both his peasant and the peasant in the closest hunting ground to his and brought both of them back, along with the somewhat upset team, with both of the peasants... Uh, sat down in the grass still with arrows stuck through their uh, one through uh, his knee and one through his upper thigh uh, the arrows still in place uh, the wounds have been bound but nobody seems to have cared enough to bother to like take the arrow out or provide anything beyond immediate please don't bleed to death medical attention uh, one other group had captured their peasant as well uh, with a knife stuck through his boot, uh, through full through his ankle, which is then pulled and cleaned off, and they couldn't take his boot off because his foot was injured too badly. So he's showing off the bloodied boot of the peasant laying on the ground like it's a trophy. Titus, of course, having captured both his quarry and his neighbors pretty solidly, wins the hunt. And as the last few teams trickle in over the course of the next hour or two, he is awarded a jade bear about a foot tall as a trophy of his victory. <laughs> well, everyone wonders where the rest of your team went. And Titus jokes once again, ah, and this great beast of the brash and marshes take the rest of your friends. It did actually. He does look like a lively one, doesn't he, lads? And before you respond to anything, Moffus cries out, They killed the Iron Lash! And everyone kind of stops. (laughs) Dead for a second, just burns in distance. Titus. Like, they what now? Moffus steps forward. Uh mostly intact like the that did, that didn't heal him fully but mostly healed he steps forward it's true i saw it with my own two eyes 
The Iron Lash found me before they did. They caught up and they slew the beast. They're trying to bring it back. Still silence. And Titus looks directly at Baylor. You did not kill the Iron Lash of Murad. I'm sorry. I don't know local legends very well around here. What is the Iron Lash? And uh, Count Bartleby steps in. It's a manticore. I hadn't yeah. heard word of it for weeks. Figured it gone. It... Well, I don't know that it was the Iron Lash, but yes, they did kill a manticore. He kind of looks at Titus, and Titus looks at him. And uh, everyone around just is varying degrees of shock. And, uh... <laughs> Nobody knows Dad? how to respond to this! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Baron Akara is the first to say anything. He just looks at the... Looking around the group, still shocked. He just kind of nods at Baylor. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> we set out for a fun hunt! And the new arrivals killed the local terror of the woods! Dude, I'd have to see this to believe it! Well, they are bringing it, it's why they're so delayed. It's like a thousand pounds. They're dragging Very, it. Rather large beast. Even, you know, with the holes we punctured in it. So Titus kind of waves his hands. And he says, I don't know what happened out there, but regardless, we're not delaying the beast of the hunter for whatever they've gotten themselves up to. Um. Whatever story you don't wish to tell, that's fine. It's understandable. Bottom of the pack in the hunt. We gotta make up tales of delays. And his friends kinda chuckle, but nobody else does. He just kinda looks around. Yeah, we'll see it to believe it. This is exactly why we had to bring it back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, we could've just dropped the head. But that's no. not how Mel but does that, But that's just a lion. So, that's just the local so lion of the forest. Oh, we just happened to kill a lion. So, everyone arranged themselves uh, for the feast. I much heartier fare. Uh, with the food again paraded before the guests and the ballroom converted to a massive feasting hall just like it had been the night before. But now... The side dishes, the salads, the fruits have been tossed aside in favor of just heaps of various meats and steaks and stews. A uh, small orchestra moves in uh, once again to play in the background as everyone settles down for the evening feast. Playing a bunch of popular symphonies from a bunch of ancient Talding composers. Uh, things that you would recognize from... Pretty much all, I think all of you grew up in Tulsa, right? So things that the group of you would definitely recognize. You mean uh, I would recognize? Because we're... <laughs> are you going to let us make it to the feast? Well, that Baylor I would recognize. <laughs> Baylor, you here have a couple of social rounds to try to roll influence or discovery against whoever you want to try and talk to. And I'm not going to bother moving all the tokens around the palace of birds, so I'm going to set it up for social rounds. So, I mean, you, at this point, probably know everyone. It's all of these people. Except this guy, because he didn't stay for day two. 
But uh, what do you want to do with your with your dinner? Your friends are gone, dragging a lion scorpion through a forest. So social rounds, my friend. Social rounds. Well, everybody else talked to Pisegum except me. It's your turn. Your turn to go make friends with Pisegum. Yeah. Alright, what do you want to talk to her about? Don't do it, Baylor. We're gonna hustle this one a bit, so we can. Oh, that music got Get really it, loud yeah. really quickly. Calm down. That flute's going real hard. Calm down. Yeah, it's really loud. <laughs> it got very, very aggressive incredibly quickly. Purple fish. Go. <laughs> Purple fish going ham on that flute. All right. So, uh, I basically just since I've seen you know most of the celebration for this so far, I just want to talk to her about different local traditions, places I've been before, right. how they do things. So we go in knowledge here. local mode. Yep. All right, I'll be that knowledge local. You're the only one who hasn't come to talk to Pyscom yet. Uh, and, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter. Yeah, with the 16, I mean, she enjoys conversation, and at this point, she's inclined to like you guys, so. And seems well enough. You guys just kind of hang out and talk about the various lore of here versus uh, Opara and just town lore as an area. Give me another social around. You want to keep talking to her or somebody else? I'll throw another one at her. Okay, throw me another one at her. Just. Conversation continue. You're gonna hang out with Anora uh, for dinner. Yep. Because your party's gone. And with that's a 29, so that's more of what we're looking for. Uh, let me see. 29. I had to feel her out for a little bit first. There you go. Do you want two successes, I assume? Yes. Yeah, it, it takes you a moment uh, to really get into the swing of things because, again, yeah, you just you hadn't talked to her yet. So it takes you a bit to get going. But. Once you do get going, she seems more than interested in conversation. It seems uh, she's a very likable sort, and again, she does like you guys. Makes it much, much easier when she's inclined to be friendly to you in the first place. So, by the end of the meal, as you're just hanging out talking to her, you get the feeling that Nora Piscom has completely and totally 180. She didn't know you at first. You were nobles. You were beyond that new nobles who were coming to take over Stockies. She really cares about Stockies and its people. She assumed you didn't. At this point, she's gone from not really liking you to not really caring to you don't feel like you can influence her any further. She, at this point, has... After hanging out with you guys at the, at the Jubilee for two days, confidence that if anyone can turn stockies around, it's you five. You have befriended the previous tribune of stockies. Congratulations. You done it. All me. All you. Round? All you, dude. <laughs> All me. No me and Dara, just. All me. Hold on. That was easy. I know you guys can't hear that because it's coming off the other PC, but I hit the easy button because it seems appropriate <laughs> that was right easy. now. That was easy. I was trying for like the around, first full day for that. Around the end of the feast, the guests are dismissed for an hour to return to your guest houses, change, and prepare yourselves for the masquerade ball 
the final event at the end of Tanager Jubilee. What is normally the evening and the weekend's climax. But as the feast winds down and Count Lothied makes the announcement and everyone starts to make their way out of the palace, you, Baylor, and everyone there make their way into the drive to see <laughs> a manticore being dragged up the driveway <laughs> by the rest of your friends. And as everyone slowly trickles out, there's assorted gasps and more just awestruck silence. Yeah, this is the one right here. Is this Iron Lash? <laughs> That's the one you were talking about? That one? That one? We could go with another one if you I want. Which is like, oh, it had a name? Now I feel bad. Titus's jaw is just hanging. It's just absolutely dumbstruck that this this right here is the opposite of what Titus looks like right now. You have successfully wiped the smile off of Titus's face. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. That's what I wanted. So Dara's gonna lean over to Anori and, and ask uh, do you think it would be uh, beneficial to give a part of this to the Count as a gift? And as you're discussing that the Baroness Voinum steps forward. The only one whose jaw is not currently residing on the floor. <laughs> but still very visibly impressed. You did this! The five of you headed off into the Brashen Deeps to hunt Moffis. And you slew the Iron Lash that's been plaguing the county for months. To be fair, the beast didn't give us much of a choice. Yeah, yeah he we, was. We he was. Had to bring him home. So. Yeah. He turns, was attacking the poor man. We had. She turns had... and glares at Count Lothied. So it seems these are the ones you should have hired in the first place. They seem much more capable. And Lothied, just as awestruck as everyone else, just kind of shakes his head. I honestly don't know what to say. This has been a scourge, a blight, upon the county of Marat for the better part of a year. You show up, and two days in, you've slain the beast on an entirely unrelated hunt for fun. What... What have you to say? I ask one of you for a diplomacy check. Do 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 do. Who's got the best diplomacy? I, I do. Somehow, not a question because there's a bard. So <laughs> there's I a bard. Honestly, what's well, your who's diplomacy? Gonna do it? Not, no metagaming stats. Who's gonna step <laughs> up and speak? I, I mean, I know our stats just because I pay attention. Yeah, okay, so if up. yours is better, Ooh. roll it. <laughs> Who? Not in character, not metagaming <laughs> diplomacy stats. There we go. There you go. 31 <laughs> from Kahina. And you step up and you feel like you have made an impression on every single person here, including Titus, including Sir Gusan. Ooh. Everyone 
Other than, I guess, Baron O'Kara and Piscum, because they're already all the way at Helpful, <laughs> is in awe of this accomplishment. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to head back to the guest rooms and get ready for the masquerade ball. I guess we're, we're just going to leave this Manticore thing. here. Have you guys <laughs> deal with this how can, you see fit? <laughs> can the servants take this? <laughs> we're kind of tired. The, the, the servants will take all this. this way. The servants will take this. I want to go get pretty. This. Count Lothian again expresses his thanks on behalf of myself and all the good people of Marat and the countless lives that have been lost to this foul scourge. You group will do well here, I feel. Anyway, oh, the masquerade looms upon us. And I'm sure you're all very eager to prepare. So please, take the hour. Retreat to your rooms, your guest cottages. And I will see you all in the ballroom. I'm sorry to Whoever it is to you interrupt, may be. Count, I apologize. Just I, speaking on turn and such, but... If this manacore has been such trouble for so long, does there happen to be a reward for taking care of such a scourge or blight of the town, as you said? He kind of looks down at you. No official bounty was ever posted, I don't believe, but I'm sure we can manage something. Please. We couldn't just do it for the good of the people, could we, Shenmue? I'll... <laughs> need some time to prepare things. When you return for the masquerade, I'll have something in order. I believe it will suffice. Fantastic. Glad to be of service. <laughs> so, talking to the party... <laughs> I'll say that I can completely understand why that thing was such a scourge to these people. It nearly took me down with every action it took. If it wasn't for Kahina, that would not have gone nearly as well as it did. Exactly. I am a bounty hunter. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to just pretend? So you guys go back to your cottage. You all did get masquerade masks, right? So I know most of you yeah. got ridiculously extravagant masquerade masks. I got our... an articulating uh, hobgoblin mask. Very, very fancy. Each of you prepares the masquerade. Uh, you change into whatever outfits you have for the ball, don your masks, and head back in. As once more, the ballroom has taken shape as a proper ballroom. And we're going to do this Damn. relatively quickly here. Uh, I'm actually not even going to do an issue. I'm just going to go how we get ordered in Roll20. Uh, because I... It's it's social rounds. There's a few more social rounds. And I would like to wrap up the Tanager Jubilee in the next, yeah, I don't know, 15 minutes. So, Baylor, As you enter, uh, there's, a there's a lot going on. It's not just a dance. Uh, there are assorted shows and entertainment throughout the lawn, the front hall, and the ballroom, of course, itself. Uh, everyone has various masks on. There is much drinking and a lot of games being played. And as everyone arrives and arranges themselves in the drive as the front doors are at first closed, 
Everyone mills about as the sun sets around the fountain as you, much as you'd started the day. And the evening is kicked off as the door is opened and Count Lothied himself, obviously still recognizable, but bearing the massive black beaked mask of a crow, steps out and with an incantation casts a spell up into the air. A surge of fire bursts into a spray of multicolored sparks above as he continues to cast a few spells of his own, various magic mixing together, fireworks bursting off in different directions, and like fountain pots of sparks arranged around the outside of the fountains as he casts spell after spell after spell to the applause and cheers of the nobles gathered here. Welcome all to the evening's masquerade. Please enjoy. And steps aside for the guests to filter inside. There's a lot going on. Games, drinking, shows, like I said, but we got some social rounds. Baylor, who do you want to discover or try to influence? We're gonna, unless there's something you really want to know for them, for the purpose of getting through this, just tell me who you want to talk to, and brief what you want to talk about, and give me some dice, because I want to uh, move on to other pastures with our next session. Uh, Bartleby accessible right now? Bartleby is accessible right now, yes. All right. We'll talk to him about that display he just put on. Well, pretty good. Uh, he lets you know it's uh, mostly a combination of prestidigitation and pyrotechnic spells uh, with one fireball for show and uh, a bit of minor illusion. Uh, you, you can go into spells. He explains the various levels of magic and effort he put into that one. And it's quite impressive, actually. He's He's got some real magic. He's not... Mm -hmm. That's not little boy magic. He's, he's casting some big stuff. Uh, you conclude through your discussion in addition to whatever you are going to learn from talking to him that he's probably got at least third level spells available to him. And okay, I have fireball, so... Yeah, roll me your check. Knowledge Arcana. And with a 23, that is yet... Again, he very much enjoys your conversation. A double success. Uh, or not double success, but a, a plus five success. So you can also get a discovery on him as well. Do you want a weakness or a strength or an influence? You know we his weakness, weakness already. You know his weakness. Do you want a strength or influence? Uh, give me a strength. All right. So as you're talking to him, you get that not only does he thoroughly enjoy talking to someone else of great intellect who understands magic, but he despises fools and has really no time for anyone with intelligence below 13. And just, you're going to have a difficult time getting in with him at all. And also, if you aren't traveled and knowledgeable and don't have ranks in at least three different knowledge skills, he's going to look down on you too. Inori. Hmm. Uh... I'd like to do a discovery on Sir Ghoul. All right. Sense motive or knowledge ability? Yeah. For Sir Gusern. Yeah, I did 22 something. 22 on sense motive. What do you want? Uh, an influence. Or do you have any? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, we have... Oh, oh no, yeah. 
Yeah, we have knowledge and ability and knowledge local. Yeah. Gusern is a half-elf, a man very much out of his world here in the nobility of Taldor. And his background is non-traditional. A linguistics check might be one of the best ways you have to influence him if there is a good way to influence Gusain. Mel. I am going to go spend my round with Sepsinia. I'm going to try and tell jokes to break the ice and see if I can get her to laugh. Go for it. You feel like for the first time, that was actually pretty good. You get a polite grin, but not so much as a chuckle, really. She doesn't seem... She's just detached. Kahina. Uh, Kahina is... um, I guess she'll go finish off her talk with the dame since she hasn't talked to her all day. Sounds good to me. Give me some dice. Give you the hot dicage. Okay, she... Kahina was a... She's a praise and what else? You can just use diplomacy on her. You also perform? Yeah, perform check. That's right. I can use a perform check on her. Okay. Uh, Perform for Dame Crab. Alright. And as you do that... Retelling the story of the... Telling the story of the Iron Lash encounter. Mm-hmm. She's very much excited to hear it, even if it's not exactly her area of expertise. It is a good story. It will most certainly be the local gossip for some time. Uh, you get the feeling that she's actually starting to like you. Make no mistake, she didn't dislike you before, but she didn't really like you. You were just new and interesting and the center of some kind of attention that she could stand near the general spotlight. She's just a socialite. She's a fantasy Kardashian. But now she's actually starting to like you and would consider you an actual friend more than just an object of interest at the moment. Dara. Uh, I'm going to also go over uh, and follow my wife over and um, like encourage her story and talk about like the local uh, layout and stuff and how we found the trip was super exciting, which is, so we'll use knowledge local to try and influence her. Okay. This is Dame Crab again, so. 21? Pretty good. Uh, do you already know her strengths and weaknesses, I think? Uh, yeah, mm. we know quite a bit, yeah. What influence checks do you have for her? Knowledge Because you get a success and also. Knowledge, ability, knowledge and appraise. And performance. And knowledge local. And knowledge local. Yo. That's what I was using. Wasn't I using the knowledge local to influence her? Yeah, no, that's good. I'm just asking so I could give you one that you don't oh. already have. Uh, gotcha. Bluff is also very effective. She is very, very easy to buy into gossip and rumors. It's not hard to bluff her, and she eats it up. All right. Uh, Baylor. Oh, wait. wait, was that an influence or was that a discovery? Is that the same thing? Everyone! The ballroom has been invaded, and all guests must rush to its defense. Everyone cheers out and makes their way from wherever they are in the mansion out into the ballroom. Kind of 
confused, I would imagine. <laughs> the rest of you follow along. Not really sure what's happening. Make me knowledge local checks. Go, Baylor. Alrighty. All of you. Those are all pretty high rolls. 23, 20, 21. All pretty good rolls. Uh, the three of you know what's happening. Kahina. No idea. Does not. <laughs> Isn't my red dress uh, really pretty, guys? Inori doesn't either. And Inori almost. Who's wearing a pretty red dress? I don't know if you have your sword. Or ready. Oh, no. Oh, is it fighting time? What are we doing? He didn't seem terribly concerned. What's happening? <laughs> the Manticore's mate. <laughs> It's the opening to a dance called the Dance of the Phalanx. A popular tradition, Taldenwide. Equal parts strategy game and formal waltz. This will be performed on the checkered ballroom floor. Two of you can participate in the interest of we have four minutes. So, it is a dance. Each of you... Well, each pair will move in turn, taking a move from a predefined list of options based on the music that is currently playing. Kind of like chess, but based on the music, your available moves, what piece you are, changes. The goal of the game is to force every other pair of dancers off the grid, leaving your phalanx in control of the field. This dance, as the three people who know what it is can explain, is really equal parts grace and strategy, because it is very much still a dance, and if we're going to have two partners do this... You are going to want one partner who is graceful and dexterous and one partner who is very tactical and intelligent. It helps if you have ranks and knowledge nobility or perform dance. Who's dancing? I have performed dance. It does not have to be two of you. You can ask an NPC. I think I will ask... Dame Parthena Crab to dance. Crab I was going to say, dance with you if I dance with Baylor, daughter, so she will absolutely dance with you. Because so, I mean, I I'd like to see them uh, get their dance on. I don't know if anyone else opposes. Kahina and I, Baylor. I have the intelligence and the knowledge. And I have the dance. Ability. And, and now dance. wants to go with Dame Crab. We're going to do this super quickly here before this stream ends. Okay. So, first of all, we need to calculate your dance maneuver bonus. <laughs> nice. This is a real stat that we're using. I uh, have the knowledge nobility ranks. Your okay. DMB is equal to one of your int versus uh, plus the other person's dex bonuses. So, Kahina, your dex bonus plus Baylor's int bonus. Uh, what's your dex bonus, Kahina? Oh, I'm using my dex bonus and not my perform dance? Perform dance is separate. That's, oh, just, okay. that's a bonus. We're going to go from, this is the base. So what's your dex bonus? Um, my dex bonus is one. Baylor, what's your end bonus? Five. Okay, it's a five. Do you both have knowledge and ability? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I add a plus. Doesn't uh, matter. Do you have ranks yeah. in it at all? Yes. Okay, ranks. you have a seven. And you have perform dance, so you have an eight. And Baylor, I assume, does not. So your DMB is eight. Nell, are you contributing the intelligence to the decks? Intelligence. What's your modifier? Two. Okay. Crab's dex bonus is four. You picked good. Uh, 
That's why she beat me at that game. Uh, She's got a lot of decks, actually. <laughs> I, I actually took that into account. Yeah, you uh, you start. So you start at six. Do you have knowledge ability? Yes. So does she? You have eight. Do you have perform dance? No. She does. You have nine. Your DMB is nine. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Everybody make a roll d20 or both pairs. I guess we'll have a uh, Nell and Baylor roll. Yeah. Don't let the one roll. D20 plus your DMB. Hey, don't oh. let the one roll. Here I am. Do do we Baylor, get one for each of us having knowledge nobility? Yeah. What are you? What are you at eight? I think. Yes. Yeah, so be nine. Then. Nine. Then. Five int plus one dex is six plus two knowledge nobility is seven eight plus one dance is nine. Okay, yeah, you're both at nine. Yeah. All right. So you roll yours. You're right. Ooh. Real good. You take the middle of the board immediately. Nell and Dame Crab barely managed to stay on. A couple of pairs get eliminated. Uh, roll it again. Ooh. Oh! Coming back strong. Nell and Crab going for the middle. Cool. Roll it again. Oh. As the dance continues, forth. Nell and Crab are going super back and forth, but just barely managing to stay in it. Do it again. Oh, he's back and forth. <laughs> so ping pong here. Oh, oh super hot. <laughs> half of the half of the participants are eliminated. The field has been halved. Do it again. Can't just stay. Nell and Dame Crab are forced off the floor. Oh. Baylor oh, and. Kahina are forced off the floor as yeah. well. You guys made it to the upper half of the pack before each of you and just your lack of just lack of real familiarity with the options and the rules and beyond with the tactics, regardless of your end, compared to the people here who are much more familiar with how this goes. You made it to the top half, both of you, and then you both got eliminated at about the same time with another group of people because it does get more difficult to stay on as the game progresses. So you watch as the last three are together, and then down to two, and then finally, Lady Lucrezia Marthane and Baron O'Kara win it, dancing together. And O'Kara puts a hand up, they both take a bow, uh, he bows and Marthane curtsies. And so cute. With that, they are awarded a pair of very ornate silver and rosewood masks, each depicting half of a smiling face as a pair. I think it's kind of funny, because they were just dancing to play. They're not like a couple or anything. But uh, they click the mask together, hold them up, and with that, the Tanager Jubilee has come to its end. And at the end of the Dance of the Phalanx, a little bit more drinking and general games. The night begins to wind down, and everyone filters out back to their guest houses. And, that was a good stop. and ours is a rotting manticore corpse next to it. No, the corpses have been taken in. It's not at your guest house. No, that's in the in the palace. That's uh, that's <laughs> being taken care of. With that, not only does the Tanner Jubilee come to an end, so too does our session. For today i think that's pretty good that started well and only got better really yeah. you may not have won the dance of the phalanx but